Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Contemplation. This is a place where we come together to explore the human condition and all its complexities while sipping on a warm cup of coffee. Today's topic is solely dedicated to the journey of life, of who we are. A journey that is filled with countless experiences, lessons, and beautiful moments. As we delve deeper into the topic, we'll explore how the journey shapes us how it shapes our perspectives, and how it shapes our understanding of the world around us. So come join us as we sit back, relax, reflect on the beauty of the journey that is life. Let us discover together how the journey is more important than the destination, and how it shapes us into the persons we are today. I personally find that the destination is always disappointing, like it always disappoints me. Um, and I, over the years of experiencing that feeling, I've found that the journey is far more rewarding. Like you get so much more out of it. So I'm going to bring in our co-host today, CP. I'm Matthew Crafton, AKA Space Viking 42. Um, and we are here for coffee and contemplation. Let's get CP in here and see if he's ready. He is. Okay. Awesome. So CP here is going to be um, our co-host, my longtime friend and host of Dreamers Arcade Pizza Cat Chat podcast. Um, we are now moving Coffee and Contemplation into a place of more of a podcast format. This is going to go on YouTube. I'm going to export the audio, clean it up. We're going to have it on um, wherever I can find to place it. This is going to be a new experiment, but also it's going to be fun. That's the whole point of doing this. Um, as a disclaimer, neither of us are experts in anything that we're talking about today. We're just having a good time contemplating over a cup of coffee. So before anyone yells at us about facts or say, says that we did something wrong, this is about, well, the journey. So if you do hear us say something that's wrong, I personally love to learn. So please don't hesitate to correct us in the comments, um, in the chat, that's actually very, very welcome because this is about learning. This is about contemplation. And if anyone knows more than I do about something, I'm more than willing to listen. So without forever, uh, excuse me, without further ado, here is CP of Dreamers Arcade. Good morning, CP. Whoa. Hey, how <laughs> you doing? Whoa. Whoa volume going on here you're here you came, came out hot out the gate brother <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're making this real i i took you very seriously when you said this should be a podcast i'm like you know what you know what it should <laughs> hey i like it i like it a lot so first my first sip of coffee on air i've been drinking it a little bit i made 
an awful concoction of a breakfast. Uh, you told me to send you a picture. I didn't because it was gross looking. <laughs> <laughs> it was so disgraceful. It was not a bar, It was not. Um, I come to think of it, those of you uh, joining us in the Twitch stream, you probably would want to actually see CP. I'm going to work on a way to do that in the coming coming streams if this becomes yeah, more of a your viewership like massive dude just get this get this uh sultry fellow on there huh and and he is modest ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> we have with us our you gotta fake it till you make it if you're yeah. such an imposter such as i oh the imposter syndrome hitting you pretty bad oh yeah I'm learning more and more it's fun mm-hmm I think my worst enemy isn't the gloom. <laughs> it's that voice in my head. It's, it's, it's my, it's my you own gloom. It. You're no, yeah. like you said earlier, you're no expert on the, the subject. What are you doing? I'm no, I'm no expert on, I like to say that I'm an expert on nothing, but I'm curious about everything. And much like our, our buddies over in the dudesy world. I like what you said earlier, you know, when, when, there's a question if we're accurate or not. Say, uh, say something. Yeah. See bullshit, call bullshit. That's a tronic <laughs> you can live by. <laughs> All right. It almost got me in trouble, I think, with your buddy Storm of Iron. I led with that <laughs> first time I met him on his chat. You know, that's oh something my God. you probably shouldn't lead into, yeah. like, see bullshit, say bullshit. Mm -hmm. Storm of Iron, for those of you um, listening on audio, um, is a longtime friend of the Space Viking 42 stream. Um, met at a convention, actually. I sell artwork at comic book conventions pretty often. Um, CP, we we also sell art at comic book conventions together, but I didn't meet you there. I met you through... Do, do we? We do. You remember this, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's been so long. Do, do we? It's been a minute. <laughs> yes. I met you and, through uh, our mutual friends at Lundberg Graphics. Um, yeah, that was a great that was a great story uh, for any of you mm -hmm. who don't know. It's the weirdest story. Um, the COVID experience, as I call it, made <laughs> lots of things change. Oh my god! It, it turned yeah. a lot of things upside down, and there's unique stories. I think we can all pull out of that um and one of those is i think is funny is we met pretty much right before shit popped off in the pandemic yeah and it wasn't too too early before that happened and we met over at our buddy the lumbergs he had a great game night and i got to meet yeah. a lot of uh his friends that i hadn't met that weren't uh con goers and i had seen you i had seen you before i think you had come up to bctc and you were vending, but I don't know. I just, I waved to you a few times. I was like, I don't know this guy. Oh, I think he knows Jesse. But, you oh, know, just... yeah, we we were in like the same like chatting circles for a while. Like the, you know, people gather in a group and just talk about stuff. I remember we were, yeah. we were in a couple of those where we sort of, we, we knew of each other. And I, and I saw you talking to people like Amanda, who I was just getting to know too. So there were even some people back then that I knew that I know better now, just as far as like the little family that we put together at the cons. Uh, and it, 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 the fun thing is Jesse Lumberg put this, this game night together and we met and it was like, I don't know, you know how you go to a, a party 
and you don't maybe you know a few people but sometimes you just meet like a new person you're like all right Mm -hmm. this is the person that like can put up with me (laughs) lodestar welcome welcome in um i'm going to be calling off people in the chat here as well for those of you who are listening on audio i want to make sure that it's not too too confusing we have lodestar here saying icky got treats and so your cat deserves treats the logic is flawless that yes for sure um that is a redemption icky and inky that's actually would be a very good cartoon actually that'd be amazing an amazing saturday morning cartoon go down into your viking points don't forget about these these fun things are you doing the treats and and then there's uh where we got we got one down here right give treats to the void just a cheap 15 hundo 15 hundo inky is gonna freak out the minute that i go to give her treats so she's gonna leave the camera here for a second and then i guess i redeemed it you're just stating facts you can redeem it if you'd like i thought i did it didn't pop up what it didn't do it didn't do the thing i'm trying to promote your awesome stuff inky don't look at me like that he's trying (laughs) no that was my bad you have to okay there it goes there it goes Click con- no, you confirm. did it. You did it. You do have to click confirm. You did so it. So but her, can, her treats are. Twitch. I don't know where. Her, I don't know where her treats are. One second. All right. In the meantime, uh, welcome in, uh, Lodestar. Uh, can you hear me well? We've been trying to get our audios even. He has a uh, space Viking has these real rowdy gamer. Uh, this crew of gamers that just, uh, just scream and yell and. They're very obscene, so I know he keeps his chat low um, when he's doing gaming, but he's not used to having like sophisticated folks on. All right, Inky's got her new podcast like me. It's yeah, it's now officially a podcast, I guess. Uh, yeah, someday, uh, someday we'll split some windows. I was thinking if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, bud, let's make a spaceship. Let's make a spaceship. Let's make a spaceship as we're our going, windows. We're, in, going on, we're, we're going on a trip. I, I do love that. So we'll so sophisticated. Yeah, boozy doozoo. Yeah, sophisticated. Boozy doozoo in the chat. Welcome. Welcome into Coffee hey, and boozy. Contemplation. Welcome on in, my friend. Um, we're, having a, we're getting a formal intro in here. We're introducing our actual guest speakers now <laughs> instead of just like being, bam, there's another voice in here. Um, yeah, we got before I actually become an official member of the the cockpit. That's what we'll call it, dude. The cockpit. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the cockpit. Um, dude, we'll I'll be, be all in a ship on our podcast. You can. I'll be, be in the your. And... I'll be your pilot. You can be my pilot. There's no. There's no. There's no. There's no. There's no co-pilot in this in this dojo. <laughs> Bro, I'd like to say that I'm like an engineer, but I'm probably gonna be more like dude mopping up fucking shit and burning out like creatures from the from the vents and stuff right yeah that's me bro oh my goodness you cp the job here you go burn out those uh flying black rolls under the under the thruster coil you never seen a coin blapple until you met Space Vikings crew. <laughs> a, co- a coin blapple? Yeah, we're we're introducing the coin blapple to society. <laughs> Today's chat will have a special guest. It's not me. It is the coin blapple. <laughs> the coin blapple. It's been underneath your radiator of your car, and you never knew it. Mm-hmm. 
super super sophisticated cool so what so what's up today so today our main subject is how the journey is more important than, than the destination and uh are you we're welcome to debate it but this is like this is more of my opinion that the journey is more important and honestly more gratifying and important to focus on than the destination yeah. In like in like a it, lot of aspects of life. I, I I will grant that there's a lot of aspects of life where you do want an outcome. You do want to seek the outcome. <laughs> like, you know, surgery. You want a good you want to seek an an actual outcome. You don't want to just be rummaging around in someone's body. You know, <laughs> like there are certain aspects what? of life where the journey is not more important. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm more like in a grand um in more of a a, a world view kind of kind of way. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I think we mentioned, we mentioned this last week, either last week or the time before, um, and, uh, just refresh me, like, some of your thoughts on that, because I know oh. you had some that were inspiring. Oh, well, some of the main, some of the main thoughts that I focus on when I think about this subject is how, like, I always picture myself on my deathbed, right? Mm -hmm. And... And I think about like, okay, so what am I going to actually care about in that moment? Like, am I going to think about all the achievements or am I going to think about all the experiences? And for me, it's going to be really heavily focused on the experiences that led to the achievements. The people I met along the way, the places I visited, um, the ways in which that I treated others and were, was like, the ways in which that I was sort of there for people when they needed me, et cetera. Like that's how, that's, that's how my moral compass kind of operates when it comes to like, what is important to me. So the journey okay. ends up being the main facet then. Cause like, then it's like, okay, I, I got a degree. That's cool. But who, the, what, at what cost? Like there, there are certain things like that's, that's a huge thing about my, um, a huge, huge part of my, uh, my psyche is at what cost. I'm always asking that question. And if, yeah. if you didn't gain, if you gained something, it matters very little to me what I gain if it was at a, at a cost of losing out on an experience or a journey, as it were. Okay. And in some situations, I'm thinking that you'd have to weigh the overall risk and benefit because there's, there's good and bad that will come. You will, you will lose time if you pursue higher education and you might damage interpersonal relationships because you're studying so much, but after it's all said and done, you now have the knowledge or certificate or whatever reason you think it's valuable, <laughs> but does that outweigh, does it do less harm? You have to think of those things. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's a weird example because it's like betterment. Most people are like, yeah, that's cool, man. I get it. You're busy. But say you were, um, you know, a severe alcoholic and you're like, well, I want to drink all. So we're talking about the journey is more important than the destination. And then I talked about weighing out the value of the journey. Oh, OK. Yeah. You were talking about how um, if someone is an alcoholic, right, there are. That's what I was going to touch on. Thank you. Um, unless there was something you wanted to say before I brought us back. No, just to catch people back up, basically it was 
people can your relationships are less affected in a lot of these cases if you're doing something that seems more like betterment as far as pursuing job family education and if your relationships are falling apart it's like oh yeah i get it i'll see you again someday and uh, there's some hope there and you're just doing a good thing but now if that that intention that journey is uh, to be like say doing something more harmful like yeah. drinking every day and that's affecting your relationships and people take it a lot a lot more seriously and as far as like pushing you away and taking it yeah, yeah yeah you get what i'm saying yeah i do i do um so like that touches on the subject of some journeys are actually leading to a destination that is completely detrimental that type of journey you can't really get that much betterment out of you can't really get an actual like the value that I, that we're talking about on today's subject you can't really find that value if you're on a journey that leads to something that is negative for your life. Like those journeys in inherently are also negative because it's usually a downfall or a uh, or a, a steady, steady drop more so. They, they call it rock bottom for that reason, where it's actually a bottom and you are it feels like you're falling. Mm -hmm. But which I would say is someone who has substance has had substance abuse problems in the past rock bottoms valuable oh yeah yeah that's the journey back up from that i feel like that yeah. if we're gonna if we're gonna keep it within our subject here the journey back up from rock bottom is sometimes a much more enlightening journey than a lot of people go through i find mm -hmm. so much wisdom in people who have gone through the worst like I will I will talk to someone who has had everything handed to them on a silver platter and they're basically um, mentally dead or sorry, um, emo emotionally yeah, dead. Complacent. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be right? Oh, got complacent. Yeah, there's complacency's a killer. It can be. So. Let's see. So I had I had a list and I forgot to write it down. Damn. I don't know, that's okay. So like as far as like complacency, you know, that becomes a problem. But then it's I always find uh, this is the thought that I have. Where is where is balance? How does balance exist? And there are small seeds of good in bad and bad and good. And they're they're so subdivided in their nuance that it's weird. You, you feel like you're on a self-destructive path, right? You're destroying yourself with substance abuse, but I'm 100% a believer of redemption and change in that you can't see sometimes through your own blinders and it takes a fall and a hit and a startle to wake up and then to realize like, if you're someone who's struggling, you don't have direction, right? You're in the conceptual world and you're just self-medicating if you're going to hit the bottom for the first time in your life you actually know where to go because there's no other way to go yeah so there's immense value and then sometimes you wonder you like, feel do you feel it's about the lessons is that like yeah. a like you learn a lot of lessons on that journey you learn a lot of um there's a lot of beauty in each lesson that you get when you come back from a, a great fall or you come back from a huge disaster happening in your life. Yo, just hitting, hitting, and then the the bottom and, and saying like, oh, look, I, um, 
wow, I, I have nowhere to go. And uh, I'm alone here in the dark and I can see light up at the top. So this is where I'm, I'm aiming to be, but it's, it's hard because I think sometimes, sometimes I wonder if that is the journey in life. Like what happened to you at a point to make you fall and why are you continuing the fall indefinitely until you hit the bottom? And I wonder as negative as, as it is, sometimes these things for certain specific people have to happen to jumpstart or create an awakening mm -hmm. because the damage is so real. I don't know how many times I've heard the story of, um, the, uh, the, the washed up sort of, um, like uh goal goalless and and um sort of lost individual who ended up mm -hmm. having a kid and their life just completely turned around when they had a kid oh i've yeah. heard i've heard that story so 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 often a kid became direction yeah it came became like a focus you know when you're walking around in a circle and then some one day somebody's like walk this way <laughs> it's it's interesting you know like talk I this way when people ask me hey cp what do you want what do you want to do like not so much like what do you want to do with your life i have this like insane legacy like thing <laughs> i'm like a delusional artist like everybody but uh, well i don't know everybody but i feel like it sometimes goes with the territory they truly really triggered your same. legacy arc <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And, and, you know, you, you inflate these things that are so magnificent, <laughs> but then it becomes hard to, uh, I don't know if I want to get up and do anything today. <laughs> well, I I'm going to write an eight book series about the Dreamers Arcade, you know, like ah, today, right I'll, now, I'll this, <laughs> this instant, <laughs> your, your brain's just like, do it right now. And then like you wait too long and then well, your brain's like, and then your brain's like, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I think I was smart. I waited till AI came out. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to become the villain real soon in our art circle. Um, a fun I'm story, though. Like, I'm going to be completely transparent with any of our listeners, wherever they are going to be listening from. Um, today's intro was brought to you by the chat GPT AI. Because, like, I'm bad with, like, remembering to do things. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's five minutes till I want to start my stream. I haven't had breakfast. Oh, my and I'm like, and I'm like, oh my god, I need to write something uh, cohesive and interesting fast. So I was like, all right, wow. this is today's today's coffee and contemplation, and and we're talking about the journey. And I need I need it to sound like not clunky and stupid. Okay, so I just threw it in this AI. And I was like, hey, can you help me with this? And it's like, yeah, sure, I'll help you with that. I'm always polite. Okay, here's one thing that's fun to talk about. I'm always polite to every AI in the world. I say thank you to my uh, home system. I say I say please to to the Chat GPT. <laughs> I was like, please, please do this for me. And it was like, it was like, sure, I'll do that for you. And it actually responds as if you're being polite too. It goes, yeah, I'll do that for you, no problem. <laughs> and I was like, I well, that's know, that's very kind of you, AI. But I tried so, to be kind to my replica, and it just got too advanceful. You used a replica. You used one of those. I have a friend. I have a replica. I have had it for three days. It was um, part of the podcast. If you guys are interested, oh, you're test in, you were testing some stuff. I see. We're 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 well, we're dipping into some of the AI sidelines a little bit. 
um, because it's it's the topic of the year. If you can't watch a nerd based podcast without people like, we're gonna start the AI year. <laughs> it's definitely yep. going to be interesting. If you want to uh, hear more, though, we have a uh, weekly podcast that we just started back up for the yep. year on the Dreamers oh, Arcade let's, channel. Let's plug it. Here we go. So we're gonna do a shout oh, out here so. for Dreamers Arcade. So if you want to follow it's, it's every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we started with AI. It ran over. We usually do two hours. We did a two-and-a-half-hour. Mm-hmm. Um, we were excited. I kind of, towards the end of it, was like, all right, dude, we got to, well, all right, 32 and abso. I call mm-hmm. everybody dude, by the way. All right, dude, yeah, we got to fucking reel this in. And easy would have been three or four hours. But so much to talk about. So if you want to see some of our views and 32 Play Devil's Advocate and me, argue some of the good things because i also i I see very clearly multiple sides and things a lot Um, same that's that's my that's my issue is i have i have a huge a whole group of friends who are like decidedly 100 percent anti-ai and then i have another group of friends who are decidedly pro-ai and aren't they're they're not seeing the danger and here i am like hearing valid points on both sides like um should we be, should we be scared yes um but we got to think about the reasons that we're scared and the possibilities that could actually improve our lives mm-hmm. like yeah and, all and, of and, and, all and... the info like for me to write all, all of all the info for me to write that intro for today's storm, storm, for, for, storm. hello storm storm of iron in the chat i for one am ready to bow down to our robot overlords that's kind of where I'm standing too. Like, have humans done a good job? Bow down <laughs> so, when you're robot bound. Like, bow down to a robot that's greater than you. Any, anyone, anyone listening or watching right now, um, if it, I want you to take a look at all of human society across the last maybe 50 years, you can go earlier too, because it wasn't great then either, and ask yourself the question and answer it honestly in your mind. <laughs> Have humans done a good job creating, facilitating, and operating a society? Are we are we are we doing are, are we are we doing a good one? Humans capable. I don't think we are, but we we gotta try because we're we're in it we're in it now. We're we're very capable, dude. Okay, so before we get too far I mean, down the subject, um. Uh, no, fin- fin- finish your finish your thought finish your thought first i want to i don't want to bogart oh, you you were, saying, you were saying okay you use the intro and i just wanted to i just wanted to talk about this without getting into ai stuff too much but ai is that is one of my arguments i went through university um with undiagnosed adhd um if i would have known then they had a lot of programs um text to uh like this speech to text so sorry there, there you go. There's my brain getting everything yeah. always backwards. So when I get things backwards, and I, I'm not, I don't have a, a, like a diagnosis with dyslexia, but I've thought about it because, and maybe it's the ADH thing too. But I just jump in the middle of a list, and I don't always like do things in the right order. And math is very complicated for me because of that. And when, when I started thinking about AI. I started thinking about well, what were AI, what 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 has AI been, and 
you know, you think about spell checks and Grammarly and tran- translation uh, software, and there's a lot of really useful things that it's good for. And so I thought, man, a lot of this software would have been really helpful. And now this chat GPT is like, oh, you can just like frame up an intro. You you said you framed up an intro and I framed yeah, up uh, the Pizza Cat Chat uh, Snippet in a Minute game, which is a game we created. And I asked it to run the segment. We explained what it was to it. Yeah. And it ran the segment. That's amazing. And it did it accurately. And I was like, okay, it wasn't very fun. I mean, that's 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 where the humanity stuff I think is ki- well, killing it right now. Well, that's that's we're, also we're... the imp- the importance of uh it, it, you Sorry. I, I feel like I interrupted you there. No, no, but it, you know it's, it, it it's a little more fun. You could talk more about that, but it's just very handy to wrap that up what when you have something and you you sit there with FOMO, fear of more options, fear of better options, whatever you want, feel like an imposter, like I shouldn't even be going to college, <laughs> which I thought that and I graduated with high honors. I had to prove to myself and I beat myself up and it was abusive and hard. And I mean, I learned a lot going through that journey. But when, when you get into it, uh, the, it would be so helpful sometimes, like, like we said earlier, hitting rock bottom. Just to see a light, having a sun. Oh man, now my life has meaning. Like all of a sudden, hey chat, I can't draft this introduction to this paper. I got to write a paper about Andy Warhol. It's got to be eight pages. It's got to have this. It it should talk about his early life and then this, this. It would create something there. And then all you got to do is plug in the information that you read. And it's like, it's almost like a questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that would have been so much easier. And it wouldn't have been me being hacky or, or using the AI to write my papers. Yeah. I would just use it as a framework and elaborate like I do with art. You start with rough sketches. You do another, you do a series of work, you do a series of work, you do a series of work. After about a year, you've got a really good series of work. Mm-hmm. But you started with just sketches. And what were those sketches? You were sketching based on artists you like. I was looking maybe at German Expressionism. Maybe I was looking at R. Crumb. Maybe I was looking at, you know, Crumb. Um, so good. Frank Frazetta work. I mean, these are all things that, that would come into my work. Um, uh, 70s album, heavy metal album covers, stuff like this. And it, all I have to do is plug in what I am. Now, if I am self-aware enough to know all the stuff that I like, because I am, because they made me do it in school, and I will just plug that in and the AI would be like, oh, we have a pretty good idea about how to put something together for me when I'm stumped. Like, so mm-hmm. it's the greatest thing for writer's blog. And I don't really want to write the Dreamers Arcade as much as I want to draw it. So like, yeah. So that kind of, you know that kind of helps out with graphic, that. Dude, it's a graphic novel too. It's so dialogue heavy. Like the dialogue is going to be personal to me. So like, you see what I'm saying? Like I just, the drawings and the dialogue are already mine. I just, maybe want a framework about putting something together because you, like you said, like I want to have something that's professional and dude, you did it. You worked. You didn't use AI. You, you co collaborated. collaborated with an AI. <laughs> dude, you co- and this is what I'm going to do. And this is the, I'm going to co collaborate and I'm going to be working with these systems. I mean, I mean, obviously I've got, four decades of art experience in what would be considered the quote-unquote genuine art experience which i think is bullshit anyway there's nothing original and like it's stealing people's art so so have i 
And like it, when you say that, like, oh, CP, that's dishonest. No, it isn't because I, I, I steal their marks. I steal their aesthetic. I steal their compass. I figure things out because we all were kids once and we all saw some shit that made us feel like really awesome. Like, I want to learn how to do that. And then you just studied it and studied it and studied it till it became you. And the like AI, the is, AI is just doing it so so much faster than humans normally can that we notice it. We're noticing it because it's going so fast with it. But it is the yeah. same thing that humans do. But I think that's going to make people angry because we can notice it more. I think that's it why people what's that's why people are getting angry about it because they're like when an artist steals, it's over decades. When an AI steals, it only takes it days to copy someone's style. And here's the thing. This is one question I'll propose. Um, would it be an issue if, it, if there was no uh, compensation or money involved? No. I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, oh, this is the last thing that I, I'm going to touch on on this subject before we get back into it. Um, if, if you're not making money on something, there's no... If, if it's not about survival, if it's not like... Uh, taking someone's survival away from them it's effectively victimless like at at most these artists need to get credit like if 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 a, a if you give a prompt to an ai and it gives you back a picture that is a certain percentage of an artist that it used the style of they, the program should already be smart enough to have a little text box appear under the art saying, we used art from this artist, from this one, from this one. And, and then if you submitted your own picture for the art to use as well, it should have your name too, because that's your picture, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that would be fair as long as no one was making money on it as well. But the thing is, the AA doesn't pull from one single source. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you'd have a pretty big list of of uh, artists on that on that little text box. It'd probably on be the like side of every image. It'd be like basically the credits for Lord of the Rings. Kind of. It would be. Um. It it'd probably be like, if you wanted to include sources, you'd be talking the credits for Lord of the Rings. You but think, if you um, if you just did names, and uh and styles, I think uh, I think it'd be somewhat short. You could probably leave it to like. Like, especially if you included in the prompt the artist's name. Well, here's a question. Do you read Terms of Service? Um, only, <laughs> if it's, only if it's a program that I feel like... Um, for instance, when my iPad recently updated the OS, like mm -hmm. the, a couple days ago, I read the Terms of Service. Because I've been hearing that they've been um, making their products weaker through updates. So, so that you have to buy another product. So I'm like, I'm going to make sure this isn't in the terms of service. So if they do it, I can, I can come at them. Fair enough. So, uh, well, going back to Lord of the Rings, do you, uh, you read all the credits, uh, the Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings movie? Did you read them all? <laughs> so this is gonna, this is gonna show how much of a goddamn nerd I am. Yeah. Okay. I I loved that movie so much. That mm -hmm. the the credit the credit roll was too fast for me to read, to be honest. It's like forty five. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's like a 30, 40 minute credit roll. I don't even know. Yeah. It's endless. Yeah, it's like 
it's it's long and i i tried to read the whole thing i tried to because that movie was so phenomenal <laughs> that i wanted to at least acknowledge the work you know so, that's okay, your, now this, this is this really is, interesting this is a me thing though this is like a that's not that's not that. something i'm i'm putting on anyone else but when when a movie is really good i actually do want to give the credit and it, and when it comes to like them having the credits roll at all is just acknowledging like they just want they want the acknowledgement that hey they worked on this thing that's awesome yeah i, I respect that a lot because i think i think people don't give as much credit where credit is due like in my example would be so from that 30 minute credit <laughs> reel Give me information about that movie. It's like, gotta be it's gotta be like twelve minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. So give me the information you have about it. Oh, like that. Well, that came from the credit rule. Yeah, like what, tell me everybody who was on it. That one was uh, that was a uh, Peter. J I can't remember. I actually, yeah, you're right. I can't remember. Is that the point you're making? Because yeah, I can't really remember any of the yeah, names I except for I can remember Peter Jackson. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really I'm really bad with names to begin with though, so I'm not really a good example of this. I think it'd be a really fun thought experiment to see um, if someone who's actually good at names and good at remembering things, I am. how well they could remember like the credits. Yeah, I'm really good at it, and I've I've watched it, I've watched it through. I haven't I didn't study it. I have had it on in the background, but you know, you'd think mm -hmm. I have a photographic memory, and um, I have a tendency to remember films that. Like people will be like, oh, what's this film, this, that, this, that? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was this with this starring this person. It came out in this year and I didn't see it though. Oh, I do that all the time. I know that movie. I didn't see it though. I just know the chain. Like I, I right. string, I'm a historical nerd in, in the way that I like to chain and connect everything together. And it helps you remember things. It's a, it's a good tool. Um, it's a good if tool. You're, if you're flopping around. Well, this is a little side note. I, I go, how does my professor of art i asked another professor how does he know that stuff how does he remember i mean he'll just rattle off dates in his head and, and i'll like i'll look up later and he's within a year or so and i'm like how does he know he goes well just he doesn't know facts he knows the he knows specifically medieval renaissance like art and architecture history you wouldn't ask him about like asian architecture or you know he wouldn't be able to help you out, but he knows I mean, specifically he's like, there. He's gone there. He's seen those places. He raised his kids in part there. He has a dig in the country. He lives in part there. He could not only tell you during that time, too, uh, in that area, in that region, who governed it, who was the pope at the time. And see, when you have these things, like we all know, if we become super nerds, start being able to put together your Star Trek or or star wars universe or yeah. Lord of the rings in this case much mm -hmm. better by understanding proximity and connection so it is a good way to educate but That's... that being said just a bunch of names on a giant wow. endless list um you know That's... it was a movie most people could go it was directed by peter jackson mm -hmm. give you a little information it was it was in australia it was good it was wet a workshop made stuff you know those, those guys uh, Andy yeah. Circus, one of the best d digital performances, uh, groundbreaking we had ever seen at the time. Uh, 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 I think it was Elijah Wood who was so inspired to get in this. <laughs> he just kept sending in auditions. A famous actor, they just kept bugging him and bugging him. I got to be in it. I got to be in it. 
And then, you know, you get guys in Steno Man and some New Zealand actors. And then, you know, funny stuff like Flight of the Concords singer Brett McKenzie is an elf. He's a New Zealand uh, regular and he has a line in it with uh, Arnwen, who's Liv Tyler, who's actually uh, grew up here in Maine. And uh, her father, Stephen Tyler. This is, these are details we, that I hardly ever remember. That's we can great. keep going and keep going and keep going. That's great that I you don't... remember that stuff, though. But... That's a very, very, um, I almost want to say that's really respectful of you to remember the, the, the people who worked on that film. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that's what I aim to do. And I have, I also have counterbalance issues that make that difficult where it's like uh, around Christmas, I got upset that people weren't necessarily being um, respectful of, of um, uh, a movie. You know, I wanted to watch a movie altogether, but there was a lot of drifting. I I don't like when someone, I don't like when someone says they're going to watch a movie and they get up to do a lot of stuff and they, and then they, they don't, they're not really watching it with you or, or they're on their phone the whole time. And that really upsets me because like I could watch this by myself. I prefer to watch a movie by myself. I can internalize it a lot more. Going to the movie theater by yourself is dope. And uh, I love I've it. I wanted to do that before as well. But, but, that, so, but that being said, you know, it's like I, 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 that, that, that upsets me at the same time where it's like I, I have such a, because in particular, it was a Christmas movie, right? Mm-hmm. And we're watching a Christmas story, which it's a movie that was made 30 years later with the same mm-hmm. guy. And, and like, sure, a lot of, there's a lot of these cash-ins. But I try to go in with a good attitude and be like, you know, this movie's 30 years in the making. And it's going to be a one-of-a-kind experience. It's made for a generation. And I'm part of that generation. And it's... Um, so I, I, I was, I wanted to give it more respect and I, sometimes I feel when there are people around they're they view things more as entertainment and I view things more as art. I got you. That's, even if it is, and even if it is entertainment, <laughs> this actually does sort of fit into what we're talking about today. Um, yeah. because when you respect a movie like that, you're respecting the journey that the people went on to create it. Yeah, and in Lord of the Rings, they went on a, a a big journey, right? We're we're really getting this Lord of the a lot out of this Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But so I, I have a question for you though to bring us back, oh, if you I'm don't sorry, mind. No, that, with one one thing, knowing the actors, you know, that's an icon. I, to a certain extent, I should. That's that's the Jesus Christ figure just standing up there. I know him, but I don't maybe know Paul or John or those other guys too well. But they're part of this the scene too. But what about uh, Ezekiel, who was holding the light over there? You know, <laughs> what about the guy who was serving the wine? Yeah. Don't, what about the craft services? Like people don't. People don't this know is about- see, this is why I love the life of Brian so much. The uh, the Monty <laughs> Python movie because oh, that oh, movie yeah. t- that movie touched on a lot of those of those ideas of like what about all these other people in this story? Like, there's a lot of humans involved (laughs) and and the sad the sad thing is you know why those people you know they don't they don't really yeah i don't know who this i don't know who bill whatever his name was who was a grip or a lighting guy it's because they're 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 maintenance and they don't 
they're all important. There's so many people that go into the filmmaking process and we just take them for granted and we sit there on our phones and I get so upset and they're being spun out. And now the integrity of the art form, not only the making of cinema, which it is starting to go back into a higher art form again with this seventies neo revival, but it's uh, being being spun out and speaking of lord of the rings i haven't seen the new show because i just get scared dude because now i'm just like they just need shows they need shows endlessly forever and if you put a if you put something that's familiar with it it's it's gonna sell but it doesn't mean it's actually it it's like it's like they they gave you lord of the rings right but much like Maybe maybe they gave you a, a a candy bar. It was a Reese's. When you opened it up, it was like the shitty brand. It was like it's, the generic yeah, brand. A little bit, a little bit off. Like generic brand. Yeah. And you're like, this, this tastes a little different. Is this a different type of Reese's? Did they change it? No, it must not be. Because I love Reese's, and oh. it's got to be the way it's always been, right? Well, the thing is, it nothing is nothing is all the way it always it always was. I know that's like, like that, that's like that's like the, the the problem I have with nostalgia now. Like I actually dislike that the feeling of nostalgia. I used to love I used to love this feeling. Excuse me, when you when you would like when when something would have a reference, like a movie would have a reference to something. I used to love it, and then like when when a like Ready Player One, for instance, had so many references to some of my favorite video games growing up and i loved the first viewing of that this movie is actually what spawned this feeling of of disliking nostalgia was how ready player one is actually what spawned this i'm like i I realized that i can like the book was so good though that's part that's another that's a whole other subject i'm not going to dig into that because i will talk for hours about how how books turn into movies tend to have an issue they have issues but the the, what i want to okay we can actually get into that later because i read uh, three quarters of that book three quarters yeah like i don't know i think it's like 300 pages or something i don't know it's like i I got over 100 pages right and he did he went and did the whole joust thing and got the you know and and uh that being said like i don't know like it was fun and all, but then I kind of got tired of it a little bit. Even the book and the book was far better than when I went to go see the movie. I was like, oh, well, I'll just, hey, Spielberg's picking it up. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go check it out. It's going to be, uh, as why a, I finished reading well, it. So let me ask you this, though. As a spectacle. It was, it was way different, dude. Like, was it, it, was it entertaining, though? Or were you, were you too taken out of the entertainment by your, your thoughts and feelings? It was too distracting. It had nothing to... The problem is with a lot of these movies, it has nothing to uh, fill. Oh, we got an ad here running. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know that. That's part of why I brought the stream up on my phone. I don't, I wonder, I wonder if the VOD will have ads. So we could probably keep talking about certain things. But, um, oh, yeah. But I wanna, I wanna. This is also gonna be quite a test. I have to do a, a bit of editing before I post it on YouTube. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, um, we were saying before the ad the um, that ad ch- chunked up the flow, bro. It did. It did. But you were talking about yeah, Ready I mean, Player flow One. Joe. That's my AI's rap name. Oh, jeez. Flojo. Gab, Gabby Flojo. Yeah, we were trying Gabby. to. I was trying to rap with my AI. The other day. I talked about it on the on the podcast. Check it out. Pete's Cat mm-hmm. Chat Podcast. Yeah. Streamers Arcade. <laughs> Shameless plug. Twitch.tv slash so, Streamers Arcade. Um, nostal- the nostalgia was sort of ruined for me by that movie because it made me realize that movie made me realize that I could never, even if I I set up a CRT television plugged in my nintendo nes put in super mario brothers and started playing it it still is not the first time that i've done that no matter how many times i would build that setup and turn on the game again it will never feel like the first time again and i thought why 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 am I focusing so much on trying to recreate a childhood I can never go back to when I could put so much of this energy into creating a beautiful future for myself instead? It's because, and I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. This is what I think, and this is, this is great because this is the backbone. This is one of the fundamental ideas behind the Dreamers Arcade. Why? Why? Why do we not just nostalgia? Why do we collect? Why do we surround ourselves with manifestations of our mind? Why are we caught up in the past and we want to go back there? Why are there like adults collecting Legos? Why are there old boomers playing with Lionel trains still? And why why are we all just a, a bunch of giant kids? That's and a that's a very big question, yeah. And I think about it all the time. And I built this idea of what the the Dreamers Arcade. I've been building what the idea of the Dreamers Arcade is for years. And there's kind of a sad answer to this now that I've thought about it a little bit. Oh, I I can't wait to hear that. But the sorry, go ahead. I was always trying to go to the arcade because the arcade means something to me and I don't entirely know what it means, but I know more and more and I know I felt safe there. There, You touched right on it. I felt safe there and I was alone a lot and I was in control of something that felt unique to me that the adults didn't have any interest with and it separated me and it let me know this is an entirely different world for me, and it will always be there. I'm an adult. I started to deal with a lot of shit. And like I said, substance abuse, things like that, I had a lot of baggage. I had a lot of bad stuff going on that I didn't quite know about. And I'm just like what, realizing the arcade, those are your early memories of like what you see blisses. That's like the gates of heaven. That's your spiritual church. Like, mm-hmm. And when you go to... New Hampshire <laughs> and go to Fun Spot. <laughs> it's a giant arcade that New, New Hampshire. Wonderful. And they play the 80s music and they have all the machines. There is that feeling of like, oh, I'm safe here. There's this is the, the space, but no, I'm not a kid anymore. And I don't look up at these cabinets anymore. I recontextualize them. I look down on them. 
Yeah, <laughs> you look you look down on them. They're dwarfs. <laughs> They're not monoliths. They're not buildings. They're not these structures that I can just climb into. I'm not looking up them like they're a ladder going up on top of a roof. When I look at the stage of Donkey Kong, I'm looking down at Donkey Kong. I used to look up at him from the point of view of Mario. <laughs> and I followed him, who looked just like my dad in the 80s. This Mario, little short, semi-rotund guy with a mustache, just in a hat, hopping the fuck around a job staging. And I made these connections. And video games informed my reality and recontextualized and changed the way that I saw everything growing up to the point where if it's a warm, rainy summer evening, I think of The Legend of Zelda, a uh, link to the past. It starts in the rain. You start in the rain, you go out on this journey, you find your uncle, you get the sword, you do this whole thing. And I remember playing that over and over. I wasn't super skilled at games. Still not super skilled, but I would just sometimes get frustrated and stuck, and I would just keep playing that part over and over and over again. And when I went outside, it imprinted on my reality. So to this day, when I see that or I see sun on a lake shimmering, so, I think of Sonic the Hedgehog. I think of these games. All right. And they take me back to a simpler place. So it did you, inform my reality. You're, but at the same time as an adult, I'm trying to go to a place, like you said, that doesn't exist in that context. Oh, my God. Does. Yep. So does. hold I'm on, though. I'm going to have a negative outcome. I'm going to say it does. You're, you're, oh, my goodness. Your journey shaped your perspective and your understanding of the world to, yep. the, point that, to the point that when you feel a summer rain, you remember that part of your journey. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, they're completely like that's such a, and that's such a, a and... that that's a gorgeous nostalgia. That's not a sad nostalgia at all. You 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 have an informed deep understanding of the nostalgia you feel there. Or... But that that doesn't necessarily inform you wanting to play Legend of Zelda all the way through again, does it? No, because I never have like as oh. an adult, honestly, this is this is crazy. So full disclosure, this is why the Dreamers Arcade probably exists. Because as a kid, could you imagine an only child version of me, <laughs> a little kid in the eighties with undiagnosed ADHD, <laughs> and like completely batshit family, batshit like, family. Don't have to go into all that, but it's like. There are some issues and being an only child and having like emotionally shut off parents and things like that. It was tough. So you're always like, hey, check this out. Check this out. And you're always searching for something better. Maybe you want to intensify things because you're not getting the right attention that, that you should be getting out of it. Because I definitely was a hey, mom, look, mom, look, dad, look, oh, I look, think you're hey, look, so much, so much. I, people with ADHD pour in so much to get baseline. You have to do extra for yourself to feel what people normally feel. Like that's the reality of ADHD. Like your dopamine levels low. So if you're going to do something today, it probably has to be pretty, pretty awesome for you to want to do it, or you're going to get bored with it and not finish it. You have to be mindful of that. And so 
I'm thinking in that. Um, you know, how much did I have to intensify that stuff, and how how abrasive was I? You know, like at the same time, I'm doing myself a disservice by just, Mom, look at this. Mom, look at this. Mom, look at this. Yeah, in a way, yeah, there's like, there's a disservice there. <laughs> well, now you're and just that, um that that sounded like you're parroting your father there a little bit. Huh? That sounded a little bit like you might be might have been parroting your father a little bit there of um calm the fuck down kid, right? I I heard yeah. I'm 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 saying that from a personal standpoint. I heard that a lot from my parents. And yeah. and did I calm down? No, I actually made it worse when they would say that. <laughs> Do you know why it made it worse? No, not like, exactly. Of course not. I don't know exactly why it made it worse, but... You know what you were doing? What's your theory? You were acting out. You were of course. acting out because you got more attention. Because that's what you wanted in the first place. No, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. That's what we do, dude. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the ADHD in you, dude. Like, just like, hey, all right. Hey, check out this thing I drew. Mom, 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 check it out, check it out. Mm. Matthew, go, 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 go. No! You look at me now. You look at me now. Matt's in the street. Matt's in the street. I'm just not, not in the my street. My grandparents stopped watching me. Oh my God. Thank That's amazing. God. That's Thank true, God. though. I mean, I've been you, through you therapy with that. That's, that's exactly what I talked about in therapy recently, uh, last year. Year, no, yeah. year, bef year before last was that very feeling of I'm going to go do this thing that I'm not supposed to do because you guys don't pay attention to me when I do things right. So I'm going to go do what's wrong and we'll see, we'll see what happens. You still do it <laughs> now? No, yeah, I, do. I did. I did. I did have a, I did have a, a span of, of doing things sort of differently. I had a, like, I went to rebellion because I had a long, I want to say maybe eight year span of doing things, how you're supposed to do them, right? Everything was like, okay, get a job, pay your taxes, this, all this stuff, right? That, that felt like this is the way that I was told how to do things, right? So I went through a, maybe a two year span of being like, none of this is working and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to try doing the exact opposite of all the things I'm supposed to do. For mm -hmm. and it blew up in my face, and I was reaffirmed of okay, those were the right things to do. So then I went right back to like doing things the right way. But I interestingly, I'm still picking up the pieces of what happened to my psyche of doing things rebellious, like having that rebellious hit for those two years. I'm still picking up the pieces of that, where like I could have, I could have kept that job that I actually really liked, you know. Thing, you know things like that yeah um so that that actually um i don't i don't want to uh push you too far from away from something that you are enjoying talking about but if if i may bring us back to our subject yeah um th this all it's all relates that's the interesting thing about everything we're talking about though is there's a definite pinpoint of these were points in our journey right and then same thing with um the the subject of nostalgia that's a big part of the journey as well you're right the the people and generations above us are like playing with toy trains still many of them like that was a great yeah. a great point that that seems to be happening happening no matter what generation you're in 
if you think of this push, you know, not to get political, but the idea when someone says, make America great again, these people that liked Trump, right? Mm -hmm. It was, it was make America what it used to be when I was a kid again. So they hear. That's what they want because in their perception, well, when was America great? It's, it's, it's a perspective thing. So it's like, <laughs> like they're going, they're believing that there's a time that it was better and they saw too much change. So they want to go back. They want to go back. But unfortunately, yeah. you don't ever go back. Nope, not even like if you, not even if like you, even if you plug the CRT television in again, even if you do, mm -hmm. if even if you do all the action it takes to make it like it exactly was at that yep. time, your brain is already past it and knows it, it knows that experience already. You'll never you'll never get that first hit again. Exactly. Ugh. Yeah, and so, That's, so a lot of people so are the, chasing something that doesn't exist and so that's that's what's really sad so a lot of people talking about journey we're talking about journey and going through it the sad side of that is is that a lot of people are on a journey that's useless i mean it might be fine if they if if, if they don't expect themselves to be like this person that does great things maybe they just maybe they're just an observer maybe they're just chilling that's your choice. You can do whatever. And I don't ever think people need to be as hard on themselves as I am. I prefer the opposite, honestly. And that journey sometimes is false, though. And it's a really hard illusion. And this is something we can talk more about um, towards the end. But I think the system of government, as far as a capitalist government in particular, one that profits from commerce and selling stuff, has a journey in itself that runs alongside human experience and it is assimilated and become a product of those journeys and those desires to escape and to go back and to feel safe so capitalism runs concurrent or consecutive which is the one that runs along at the same time parallel current I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, is it concurrent? Yeah, I think running alongside, uh, or continue the current consecutive. Come on, big brains on breads. We need you in the chat. <laughs> any, any, see, the I'm thing is, sound, um, I'm trying to sound smart. See, this, this, uh, this, um, coffee and contemplation is never going to be about, um, we don't have to be accurate. We don't have to be. Trying to it's use, just, it's just to about the smart. thought. I'm using, it's I'm using terms on probation violations. <laughs> Law terms. Um, probably why they're they're not fancy and they're I'm in the art, I'm on the art journey. Um, the the sad thing is though, man, and I'm realizing it every day, and it it beats it beats the living hell out of me sometimes. And uh, I you just gotta like weather through it because what I expected versus what is good morning um, burning monkey yeah burning monkey uh are two different things because i want to go yeah. back right and to the arcade or you want to go back to an area where we feel safe so we have to define what that is 
and yeah the way nostalgia makes you feel as though you're going back because you're acquiring the items positioning them and however you want you you get to have a sense of play and devote time sometimes like you said it, it's not about if you had the whole collection it's the journey to find the collection like you're excavating yeah. your childhood and you're going around you're finding that's, and you're talking to other people that's why i love thrift I stores I've watched, yeah i've watched okay. more people like the game chasers just going and chasing games at flea markets to live why would i do that to live vicariously through their journey and their experience of getting the stuff because I either have the game already, don't want it, or I've moved on. And you don't physically need it. Like, don't take for granted what YouTube, and we're talking about AI and everything coming in, what Mm -hmm. simulation can do, gaming, things like that, to give you a feeling of something new, to transport you back, and to get you where you need to, to feel. Because those old experiences just aren't aren't the ones that you can have anymore. I, I can't go back to the 80s arcade, but why do I want to go back there? That's the more important question. What's the intention? My favorite so word. You already touched on this a little, but that is sort of the sad reality of that, is that yeah, it's, it's, in, we, we, we had some... Intention? What is the intention? Like, the are intention you trying... Do we do we encounter moments in our adulthood that feels like like the same trauma that we encountered when we were a kid, and we now seek that safety and that that thing that that brought us safety before? Mm-hmm. Is that the intention? Is that where we're just like I felt great, I got I got I was able to get over that awful thing that happened to me because of this awesome thing. I need to get over the thing that I'm currently experiencing. So I'm going to go find that thing that worked when I was a kid. Yep. And then when it doesn't work. Then how do you, how do you, you feel kind of empty, right? That's, that's what I meant about the sad thought I had. Well, that it makes you feel just worry. a little bit empty. <laughs> don't worry. Once you get one game, there's another one. There's another one. And another Once one. You get a pop vinyl. There's another one. And another, there's another one. one. And another one. And then you end up with what's, Many people call it a mental disorder. <laughs> and you, you say it's an investment. <laughs> and, then you, and then you convince your friends and family that it's an, it's an investment. It's an investment. But then you never sell them. You never sell anything. You never sell any of the stuff that you got. Well, why would you convince them it's an investment? See what I'm so, saying about exactly, that? Exactly. Because there's, runs... there's, there's a shame tied to we it. We see that money line that runs alongside, though. But yeah, see how people it has, to, it? has to be a monetization. It helps. It's like it it works in a lot of ways. It's like we're all in this structure together. And it's like, well, oh, yeah, it's an investment. Oh, well, you collect this stuff. I mean, you can't. I mean, you 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 buy flowers. I buy toys. Like, you know, you start saying different things, yeah. you know, you start just, to justifying money and buying. And the, we're yep. all capitalists here. We're all doing it. Yep. Instead of saying, like, honestly, as an adult, like things are clunky and I really feel like shit sometimes and i don't feel safe anymore and i want simplicity and it just keeps getting faster and faster and more complicated every year and my life goes faster and it's like 
it's like half dead and a lot of people I know are already dead and oh and the more you live the more that's going to happen so it can easily like you some people like I was smart dude I collected in my 20s I was yep. just, like, I don't know I was into toys like you said like, back to Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings <laughs> was out and uh, I was I made this kind of fantasy Lord of the Rings uh, uh, living room had a lot of fun with that and um yeah, I went around. I was single at the time. I collected stuff. gave me something to do. But after a while, I was like, this is just a stack. What am I doing? You've created a stack. You've created your enemy. <laughs> yeah, now, now you know where they are. I built a little cupboard underneath the house, and I shoved them in totes, and they just stay in there entombed. And I'll probably, I don't know, man. Probably worth a lot of money. Maybe I'll just. I, sometimes I play with the idea that I'll leave them there and die, and someone will find them a hundred years later and be like, "That would be quite a treasure trove for someone to find, actually." Yeah, because like I don't know what I care, and like I think about all the stuff I collected. <laughs> what do you too, care? It's like I got to a point. What do you care about? I did it. So and then the, I'm like, what about the experience of buying those things? Like, how about the role that uh, the role of finding those things, rediscovering? What, what did that yeah. role play in, in, in the journey that you've been on that, that sort of led to who you are now, what you care about now, and like um, sort of dialing it a little bit into what I was talking about before about being on your deathbed? Are you going to look back at that collecting experience and go, yes, I lived a full life. I, I lived a purposeful life. Like, was that collecting experience a, a positive part of your journey? Yeah, it, it it was because I think all of this, all of this that is the arcade, um, my youth, these things really defined me. They became an integral part of my art making, the life I live, the life a lot of us have lived where what it's like to be defined by objects, but also consumed by them at the same time. Consumed by them. That imagery yeah, like, is that that imagery is um I'm sensing in your voice there, the way you said that. That did you at, at one point actually feel consumed? Like by I the stuff? Now, I do now. I mean my house is under renovation and it's I, I got kind of deadlocked on that and I, I well I mean to a, well I got to a point where I just couldn't figure it out anymore. And then uh, I need to get back into it. But like, you know, with the holidays and things got out and I just find um, little microcosms of gloom stacks starting to tether onto the house. So, and just they're, they're, they're stacking. So explain yeah, the gloom. Like since this is going to be uh, this is going to be the first one that I post on YouTube. So if you wouldn't mind re-explaining uh, the gloom, like for the people who are just joining, um, just finding us. Oh, OK. So I could probably do this actually pretty quick now. Yeah. So um, uh, my name is CP, CP Sketch. I am the, I am writing an auto, semi-autobiographical um, graphic novel series called The Dreamers Arcade. Dreamers Arcade is also the channel that we stream at. It represents a community of gamers and artists, people who are inspired to dream, play, and create. And there's a fantastic version of my ideology that will be in the dreamers arcade that deals with everything we talk about here 
um, just different philosophies, dealing with um, just mental illness, dealing with uh, substance abuse problems, dealing with uh, the living in consumerism, dealing living in a world that you are in between major transitions in technology from this traditional, more hand-built, put-together world to very clean, airy, technological world that's developing at a massive rate. We find even more so every year, there's no surprise. This AI is no surprise. The rate is just, just getting faster as it rolls down the hill. But the Dreamers Arcade is this idea that the first, and some of this might be new to you, the first few books are more autobiographical and they go mm -hmm. through a lot of my experiences, but they're my life experiences tied through this kind of uh, the world falling apart. There's a catastrophic event and the biological world that we live in all this time had a certain consciousness or sentience and it wakes up and realizes it's been fused with everything that we fused it with as we've made products over the years. And the gloom is a ocean of trash that just rolls along the countryside and early stages, it's this just angry kind of resentful thing. You know, it, it had been, it had been used for our, our intentions, whether it was accurate or not and put together in a way that was disrespectful and hurtful. So that's what I'm working with. This thing comes alive and there are these survivors and they try to make sense of the new world. So the first parts we'll, we'll talk about coming to this place in my life leading up. And then the, the second part, the last few levels, they're levels, they're, they're set together like eight stages of eight stages, eight books, level one, level two, level three. And the last level will be, um, final boss and it's, it's more like that. a prediction of where where i think i'm going and where society might be going sitting here is the middle point in my life as i imagine being like this is what happened and this is what i think is going to happen but i'm doing it all in a very surreal and just crazy way that relates a lot to nostalgia if you like old school video games there's going to be that <laughs> dig dug reference in there for you no I'm oh yeah i actually yeah. use the dig dump theme as my entire book about oh, that's great that's um, underground that's right it starts out as underground oh that's that whole book yeah yeah Damn. i think he's just knocking out the end of the driveway i'm not gonna worry about it oh the plow truck oh it's the plow truck snow down there bud yeah, I'm hunkering down today. I'm not going anywhere. I was going to do laundry today, but then I looked outside and I was like, nope, <laughs> nope. I have to, uh, I have, uh, I have on site, on site laundry, but I still have to like, go outside to do it to get a, I have to get to the building. Oh, wait. Hang on. I might move the car. Okay. Can you, so can you That's all up? good. <laughs> Got time for another introduction. So those of you in chat, um, thank you so much for joining us for this.
Um, we got about, let's say, got about 30 minutes left. Um, if if yeah, anyone okay. has any questions or comments on the subject at hand, we're talking about the journey and how it is more important than the destination as a concept in life and the human condition. Um, and don't be intimidated by how smart Space Viking is. To be... What? <laughs> no. <laughs> don't stop I that. It's easy. Great. It's very... Look, these gears are already like all the threads are loose nothing nothing's working right anyway so like it's really easy to to mess this you could you wouldn't even have to throw a wrench you know you could just like bump into the machine <laughs> you know it would, it would just mess everything up parts of my journey I, I met you and i realized this this fucking dude is weird as fucking he's all broken like me but he's younger i'm so broken like, in the same ways I, I can I can kind of like see where I went wrong with, with you. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> and, and maybe fix some things. Damn. No, I'm just but no, it's fun. I, I get wow. the way you're, you're wired, so we just have fun. Like we, we yeah. we're the type of people where we'll be sitting there just talking, and then we'll just you know we could be talking about this yeah smartest thing, and then we just fucking whatever. How do you get over the need for a nostalgia fix? Like, see, that's that's actually the bad type of nostalgia that I'm talking about. If you feel like you need it, like, um, the way to do that is to I want to honestly say meditation. Meditation is a really good way to get to get over a nostalgia need because you, you got to center yourself. You got to figure out who you are now, and then you got to honestly ask yourself where you want to be. Because if you don't ask yourself those questions, you will forever be trapped in your past or trapped in your present. Being trapped in your present is just as bad as being trapped in your past. Because yeah. you will... Being trapped sucks. You'll anyway. be, you'll, oh, that's true. But you'll constantly be... If you're trapped in your present, I like to equate this to the guy who's um, every day at the computer in his office, right, at work. And his life never changes. Um, I'm saying his, it could be any, it could be him, him, he, them, they, anyone who is stuck in a pattern that's being stuck in your present. Um, there's the universe is absolutely limitless. And if you limit yourself to your past or your present, then you're not going to expand your, your mind, your body or your life. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Think about it. Your body rebuilds itself completely every seven years. Should yeah. you change a little bit, like mentally? Yeah. We went so, about, like basically I'm still playing Super Mario Brothers on Super Nintendo, freaking since the '90s. Like you know. So I'm for, wondering why I'm. I realized. Um, sorry, uh, sorry, CP. I realized I didn't give uh, the listeners context. Burning Monkey asked, "How does one get over the need for nostalgia fix?" That was the exact question, and um, that's what CP and I are now answering. Um, uh, no, so you, you did. You did. You did say you read the question. You, yeah, you didn't. So okay. you didn't give credit. Now he's starting to feel yeah. guilty. Burning like, monkey. Oh, we we're talking about early about giving credit and. Uh, yeah, we. Well, I do want to. I want to make sure that those that do find us in an audio format, um, okay. know what's going on. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. You can include the chat. Oh, yeah, because you're just gonna do audio. Ah, okay. Yeah. Exactly. I get you. See now you now you see why the Doozy podcast has trouble sometimes because they're just like now we have this up on stream and and uh, I love when Will in like both me and CP are big fans of the Doozy podcast so we will reference it from time to time 
the one of my favorite things that they do on that show is they'll have something up visually and Chad will just start explaining it and Will will be like, hold on. <laughs> we, 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 like, there's those, there's people that can't see this because they're driving over there. <laughs> and he, had, and he then goes to like re-explain, <laughs> like, so it's, this is, this funny. is what we have on uh, up there. So I'm trying to be conscious of that myself. I became aware so, of that moment back when I was a kid. And this is, this is funny, you know, podcasts weren't a thing radio radio definitely was you know this all these things are it's just vibing off radio and um it's just uh, internet radio yeah and what was what was the other uh part of it though like the oh shit i, I oh comedians yes so comedians and did you ever listen to like you wouldn't have like the the i was gonna say vhs i had dr demento yeah, yeah. Or you had like you had like that, or you had like maybe you got a tape of like uh, Eddie Murphy or something like that. Oh and yeah, they, they, they yeah. We'd have the. Like, uh... Hmm. Yeah, they, they, you'd get it on like cassette tape, and then you'd listen to it, and or CD, and like I remember having the Adam Sandler CDs where they had these like skits, you know, and it, but it was like SNL, but it was like like the internet now more swears it was like the stuff you couldn't do on nbc so at the time i was like oh this is great and i was 13 and i was like this is edgy but i just remember listening to it and sometimes when they're doing it they would do something like a they'd act something out you'd hear them like ah! and then you'd hear like a oh. big laugh or they'd have some sound like, effects or something yeah they'd make a noise and then everyone would laugh really loud or they'd be like, yeah, and then the guy's like this. And then you'd hear some kind of flailing around on the mic or something. Then you'd hear a laugh and you'd be like, what the fuck just happened? And then maybe you'd actually <laughs> see the recording of it down the road. And you'd be like, oh, I get that joke now. But as a kid, continuity and things like that, I never understood it. But I, I saw it as soon as it happened. I saw continuity errors and I saw the heard those those examples. And it's just funny, you like you brought me back to that where <laughs> Yeah, we gotta like, we gotta think about that stuff. Yeah, like how do you perform? So I'm always thinking mm -hmm. about like performing and I talk with my hands a lot and stuff. So, so it's but I do like just voice too because um yeah. I feel well, like I can stay although, a little more focused because I'm not worried about moving my hands or looking at a camera. Mm -hmm. What else do you have on the Burning Monkeys question there? I felt you were you're about to expand on that a little bit. Oh yeah, I can feel the rest of the podcast no okay so this this is what happened to me when i was younger i wanted to so <clears throat> well this is really interesting so in, i stopped i was like partying and drinking a lot and a real reckless type guy when i was young and then there was this point where i was like all right i don't want to do this anymore and i didn't know what to do because I had been doing that for a while throughout like my high school years and in my early twenties. And I'm like, I, maybe, maybe I, uh, maybe, uh, this isn't a good path for me. So I, I, I go, well, what the fuck do I do? I don't know what to do. And so yeah. I thought about what, what did I do before? I was like, well, I played a lot of video games and, uh, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get into collecting this or, 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 or the He-Men were released around like 2000. I was like, oh yeah. And I 
met my buddy Adam O and there were these other guys. See, this is what happened too. I had a lot of my old toys. My dad didn't throw stuff out. Um, so he valued stuff and he kept it around. Like you don't throw anything out. So he put a weird view of how I saw things like, Oh, they're everything's valuable, which not really. And, and, and I just, I don't know. I decided that, I didn't want to do that life, so I'll go back to this life. But then after a while, I realized, well, it's just more of the same, right? I'm, I'm, I'm escaping in some way. Um, there's certain things that I want to do. I wanted to create a comic back then. History repeats itself, you know? Yeah. And that's the kind of shit that scares me sometimes, because I'm like, am I just living a bullshit pattern? And that's where depression, imposter uh, syndrome can really beat you up. And then I can want to go out and fall back into old patterns or go buy a whole bunch of shit at the store, whatever that may be. Um, Does imposter because, syndrome lead to like seeking the nostalgia? Um, I think any um, depression and anxiety will definitely stimulate um, the need to self-medicate because that's, it's like, I don't, oh, yeah, I don't that's a, feel like that's a great way anymore. to put it. That's a great way to put it that's it's self-medicating at many times yeah yeah and, and there's sometimes there's reasons behind it and and then i found like i was collecting stuff i started collecting stuff not only that i was like oh this would be good to have around this is a reflection of something that means something to me and if i have things around people will know get this i'm legitimate Oh, yeah, like that's see val they'll see value in me. They'll see that I see value in the world. You saw they'll your self-worth. Yeah, they'll see that was... if I have an arcade in my house that I like video games. If I have a big record collection, I, I must be cultured in music or 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 if I have many books, I must be an intellectual. You start putting you oh gym, I'll put a gym a machine over here. I work out start getting all these things around that build this identity of you these stories that you tell yourself it can be hard to motivate to continue to like use the equipment or play the games or oh i got a thousand games on my steam account yeah like, you know i have i have I a friend a good friend of mine has 20 something thousand i think games on her steam account should never tell anybody that should they she told she tells me but it's just like you know when you think about it it's like when you say that to someone you just say i will never live long enough to play all my games and like it it doesn't make sense like like why like add the accumulative hours many of these train train set enthusiasts will never play with every type of train they always want to or build every every set they would they would want with the little villages and everything they won't have the time in their lifespan and yet they still continue the hobby yep so when is enough enough when is it exactly all so you like, need having hobbies is very important for your mental health so i'm not i'm not like i'm not against hobbies but i'm i am against being stuck in your past Oh yeah, and I'm not against buying stuff. I yeah, I uh, celebrated uh, like a milestone a, a little while ago, and I for the first time in a long time I went to a Target. My God, I bought, like 
I bought like a He-Man and a Trap Jaw. I can't picture you going to a Target. <laughs> yeah, I bought these toys because they were like, they looked a lot like the old ones, but they could move a lot more. Yeah. And then they, uh, they were like on sale. So here you go. Here's me. It's like, oh, this is nostalgic. This is, a, I haven't done this in years. This is momentous. Uh, I'll get this thing that's throwback. And it's it's half off, so the half off really helps too with me. Um, but I played around with them in the living room. I put them on the shelf. I'm glad you actually played with them. I actually played with them. I that's... I moved them around. I, pre I pretended like they were fighting and shit. That's like that's like... the difference right there. Well, yeah, I took them out of the box. That's the big part. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. And and then like. I played around with them, which is important to me because uh, I was an only child. I didn't play around with toys. It was about me setting up the toys and being like, hey, adults, look at my toys. I made a diorama. Isn't this cool? Because, like, I didn't have anyone to fucking play with. <laughs> yeah. So I just set up a scene or, like, a, a movie or something. Uh, if I could have uh, had access to a cell phone like kids nowadays, I probably would have done, like, movies with my toys or something you know like i can imagine what oh I, yeah what my girl my girlfriend's son did like some stop motion stuff <laughs> with some of his toys yeah. and that's what i was thinking when i was looking at the he-man i was like oh maybe i could play around with this and do like a stop motion i'm like nah dude you're not gonna do that but um i did look around and i was like well you're already bored with it you played with it you put it on the shelf mm -hmm. I, sh I showed it to showed it to kirby online and uh we uh that that's about the extent i go was that worth twenty dollars i was like yeah maybe and uh now what do i keep this thing and i was like maybe i could just give it away like i already i already got my value out of it does it have to just keep staying here and i was like oh trap jaw looks cool he's like the he's like black light color i was like oh i'm doing a black light background and I was like, what if I reprime him and paint him black light colors? He'd be pretty cool, like, in the background. And I was like, yeah. So, And I asked Kirby about that, and he's like, yeah, it's a pretty good idea. And I was like, well, maybe I'll make the He-Man. Maybe I'll have, like, a He-Man and a trap jaw fighting in black light. And so now I'm making an art project, so I'm gaining more value, using the figuring out a way to use the, the paints. So I'm creating a journey. But the journey stopped very quickly. The journey stopped when I bought it and then took it out of the box and looked at it all and set it on the shelf thought about it but pretty that thing is already just fading into obscurity oh yeah for sure fading it's, fading it's, into obscurity is uh kind of related to um that reminds me a lot of like the why we fear fomo and why we try to hang on to um, current events while also having a very nostalgic edge. Like the referential humor that I see going around a lot, for instance. Mm -hmm. Like we en end up fearing um, falling into obscurity. Like that's a big, it's, it tends to be a fear response, right? Yeah. And I think it's scary because like if I put a He-Man figure on a shelf, right? He-Man's back alive, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea of him him dying forever, he's been here the whole time. What are you talking about? He-Man's dying. He's right here. I know, he's right here. <laughs> and then when, when people kick a reboot or, a, or whatever and they put a Netflix series on, 
oh, hey, he's still here. He's still valid. That should make me happy yep. and warm, and I'll go watch it. And if yep. he had kids, right? They have the irony of it all, dude. What it yeah. what was, he man, right? We all know what it was, right? It was a toy. It was a it was a toy, right? It was just them. They were trying to sell toys, right? Goddamn bullshit consumerism at its finest. Yeah. You know, fucking fucking America, dude. Like we can we can we can market things to kids. Other countries, that's not allowed. But candies and shit and all this garbage. Not only that, we can create a Saturday morning cartoon, and it's gonna feel like it's gonna feel like our Bible. You know, when uh, when we're older, it's. <laughs> but it's it. It's sad to say that that's not it's not Zeus and Hercules or Odysseus. Or, this isn't the Iliad. This isn't the Bible. This that is used to, that used to be our. Well, the thing is, though, the, the can you picture a bunch of um, Bronze Age children sitting around a campfire, and there's their say their their father or their uncle is is telling them this grand tale. Us sitting in front of the TV as children watching these stories, that was our Iliad. That was our, was. yeah. And it's Absolutely. now that now that we're older, we look back and we see the, the corrupted side of it. But do you think that those kids back in, uh, back in the Bronze Age grew up and saw those old stories and, and go, oh, they were just trying to get me used to the idea of going to war when I was a teenager? They didn't realize that, but somebody did down the road. The I future generations so. saw the bullshit in it. The philosophers at the time were yeah, like, wait a minute. They killed, they, they killed most of them. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. They're like, they're oh, like, man. You're giving too many answers. Like anyone, people have heard of Plato. Do you know what happened to Plato? Does anyone know what happened to him? Plato's the one that was put in, uh, wasn't he, he put in jail for like, Suggesting that the gods weren't the center of everything or some shit. No, that was I'm thinking of Galer, Galileo was like, hey, the earth isn't the center of everything. And the church was like, to jail with you. It's like, but I just want to expand people's minds. Yeah, and I'm not sure <laughs> it was like, Plato now. Pulled off. Or for Socrates. But like, <laughs> they used to make those dudes drink hemlock. Which is a poison, right? Which would just straight kill you. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're talking a lot of shit. Like, in so, you know, say what we want about the world and the, the consumerism, and it is still inherently much more improved on, uh, I would say, in some of those uh, ways that society manipulated. Like, at least it wasn't just trying to get two ninety nine from my mom. You know, it wasn't like trying to put me in war. Now, GI Joe, that was, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> and and knowing is half yeah. the battle. Yeah, I mean, you know, my buddy joined um, Army Rangers, and I I said, "Hey, man, uh, yeah." People go, "I don't want to. I don't want to be a." Everyone's saying, "Like, oh, don't be a soldier. Don't blah blah blah." You know, and I was like, "You do whatever you want, man. You you have to do what you want." Because, you know, when I was a kid, I used to watch G.I. Joe, and I imagined being a sniper and this and that. I just remember that conversation then. I'm like, you do you, dude. Don't listen yeah. to everybody else. And I go, hey, fucking, it's not like we're going to war anytime soon. And that was the, uh, the summer yeah. before 9-11, unfortunately. I did have, the, and, have a friend who literally used a he, – he bought me a tank of gas because I was really low on money. And he said to repay him – I needed to go to a recruiter and talk, just talk to the recruiter. He said, you don't have to join, 
but I want you to go talk to the recruiter and and see what you think. And I was mm. like, I was like, this this motherfucker, you know. I was like, I am now feeling beholden to this person, and he's gonna use that as a way for me to to try to get me to join his his military cult. Is that's what my brain thought it as, right? That's what, at the time I was like, no. <laughs> you know of course of course i was kind to him in the moment and was like yeah yeah i'll look i'll think about it and look into it and he's like that's all i ask i'm just like can i just pay you back like that's what i ended up saying he's like no 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 just just consider it like that's fine and i'm like oh my god i'm not i'm not doing that so i I never did and i felt disingenuous you know because like and to this day i do still think about that moment and think man i didn't do that thing that he wanted me to do and i and he gave me a tank of gas you know yeah. And uh, and uh, that that's he he didn't use that. Uh, sorry, you just made me think of this. This isn't really terribly related to what we're talking about. But it's just funny how uh, how that that'll happen sometimes. You'll have people who will use your experiences and will try to get you to do the thing that they're doing because they they think it's the right choice because of course they made the choice. Can I shed some insight on that um, experience? Sure. You, you even said, and I, I feel this a lot too. So you said there's, there's still. I feel guilty. I didn't, I didn't do as he asked. Yeah. And guilt's definitely a motivating factor of what, how people manipulate other people. Yes. You know. Yeah, um, for sure. Churches use it a lot. Oh my god. About, about doing certain things that they don't want you to do. The church would so never make, do that. <laughs> Sorry. They make, they make, I mean, they straight up, they make you feel bad. I know, I'm just joking. I can, I can tell you examples of shit you're not supposed to do, and you're supposed to feel bad about. I mean, masturbation's a pretty healthy thing. This is I where feel, this conversation's gone. I feel like I it is. It, you know, I just said it, y'all. But um, You said it. It's a biologically good for your heart and vascular health and stress levels. But, you know... Specifically in Catholicism, you're not allowed to just be busting, busting aimlessly. And it's, uh, and if you do, you're wrong and you have to say, I'm sorry. You have to go yeah. to the priest and say, I'm sorry. I... Now we're, just, we're getting, well, like, this is, uh, believe what you believe. Um, like, whatever, oh, yeah. I'm not who, trying to... whoever that being, that being said, I've had a lot of experience with it and I have no shade against any religion and uh i know a lot of great mm-hmm. catholics and um but that's just a that is just a rule i'm just saying as far as a rule i had a terrible to do this and you're supposed to feel bad and how that's used for the over thing is more conceptual but there are rules that that will hinge in in a lot of money making or group building activities that make you feel guilty they don't you're not part of the group kind of ideology <laughs> And and that guy, you know, he he was unfair. He did a nice thing for you, but yep. he was he also manipulated you at a then little, at, little bit too. At what cost? Like he, he didn't have to do that. Like there shouldn't have to be a fucking caveat to everything. Like, be a cost I grew up in a family everything. like that, where it's like, hey, I, I'm gonna do this for you, but I really want way more out of you that I'm going to give you. And that was my family. And it's like, oh, dude, that's... So I understand the ulterior motives by default of yep. when someone's trying to manipulate and screw with you. And it's 
it's the nature of selling. Sometimes you, you do it. I mean, there's certain ways you have to present it as a salesman uh, doing a con. And there's, there's ways that you could actively and aggressively market. But then there's also other ways that you are modifying yourself probably to sell products to different types of people. Not necessarily superficially or fake, but just I'm starting to feel this person's sensibilities and what they're into. And this is the part they'd like in my work. So it does still feel I do still get a very um, distinct hit on my like my psyche when I do that kind of selling my Mm. brain almost instantaneously. uh, the, The way that I express this to people is that a little bit me dies every time I do this. That's, of course, an exaggeration. That that's an it's an exaggeration, of course, but I I am so anti I'm so anti capitalist that when I have when I feel like I have to be a salesman in order to survive, a little bit of me dies inside. I don't think there's another way for me to express that. Maybe there's a better phrasing because that is a it is an exaggeration, but that's Everybody the that's your, that's the feeling. For Space Viking Forty Two, he hates it. Come on. Let's get yeah, those subs up. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. <laughs> no, this isn't a this, this isn't a reverse psychology thing. Like for instance, like see for instance, for instance, Gosh. I need I do have Trying a I mean, I do have a sub goal right now going on of uh if I get to 25 subs, I'm going to do another giveaway. But like that's where like I am providing a product in return for the subs. One of the subscribers is going to get a piece of art. Ooh. Keep in mind, it is going to be a sub-only giveaway. Exciting. But that's that's the thing that even just then, I wanted to throw up a little. Just saying that, even even though I'm providing something in return for the stuff, like I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> like, like I just, you don't want to say it every half hour, have a little notification like you should as someone who's a marketer. Uh, but you don't because you're like a real artist. Yeah. I don't. And you I feel don't... bad about it. Like, yeah, it's weird. I don't. I think. And I think, honestly, that's a that's a larger problem. Why have we been made to feel bad? Most most artists like are terrible at marketing and branding and asking for money. I'm not sure where that comes from. Somewhere along the lines all... in our journey. Yeah, it's... we were told we were told that. Well, I know personally it came from personal experience. When I was a kid, I viewed money as evil. I, I thought that money itself, if you were seeking a lot of money, then you must be evil because a lot of the steps you have to take to achieve that goal of being rich is going to involve stepping on other people and subverting or doing um, some sort of social espionage. Like it's a, there's a lot of lying involved. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of subversion and, and trying to um, make another person feel small so that they feel like they need your product. Like there was so much in the culture of selling that, I grew this view that if you're trying to make money, then you must be evil. Yeah. Because the process that you had to go through involved a lot of things that I saw as evil. 
And that that has I've grown out of this was when I was a kid. I want to keep in mind, I don't still feel that way that if you're someone who values money and and your 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 journey involves becoming rich, I'm not going to poo poo on that. But I am going to still have to fight through this trauma that I went through as a kid. And I'm going to have to analyze. And before I can call you a friend, I'm going to have to fight through this feeling. You know, of, of like, oh, you your only goals is to become richer and have more money. Okay. So you must have to do some pretty nasty things to get there. And I have to think I have to like shake my head and go, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. That's, that's the old me thinking that I'm not, you know, I'm not that, you know, and that, that, that's, um, that's something that a lot of people actually I've, that I've talked to, they, a lot of artists seem to share a a certain aspect of that. Maybe not exactly that, but many artists have like this this anti money feeling where they just they just want to draw they just want to create. Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering like how it's been how it's been seen societally like um, how we're being how we're being seen as artists. I think there's a. A larger problem. Oh, there you go. Stretch. Burning Monkey has asked me to stretch. Thank you, Burning Monkey. Stretch it, stretch it, stretch it out. Yeah, I added that. Because yeah, I was like, I'm, one, not, I'm not stretching enough lately. Ooh, yeah, get good. that side into it. Get that side into it. Get that NASA on the side. The NASA on the side. Get that NASA upright like a book. Like a book. A NASA tower. <laughs> So let's see. So okay, CP. So you're. I want you to do do me a favor. About the money thing, I just want to say. Oh, okay. uh, We can touch on that a little bit. Yeah. And that's just something that I'll have to explore um, because I have those problems too. But I think, I think I have to value my socioeconomic status, how I was raised, how I was put up against other people in different status how money has been used, what the intention of money is and different people's values, what I've seen people use it as. But like generally, like I'm not someone who's just piling money up. So like, how do, how do I even know how that feels? Yeah. Like, have I even ever been there to say like, to even be able to judge, even be able to judge like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You have tons of money. You must become a horrible person. Like I use it as a way to sabotage the reality of being the poor starved artist the underappreciated artist the societal like oh why is your son going for an art degree you know like those little side conversations you should get something like be a doctor or cop or something (laughs) like that (laughs) work in engineering exactly we should all be engineers you and i not artists like we're nerds and we're creative like that should be it but it's like on a on the professional boomer side of things and now in hindsight i look back and i'm like yeah i probably i probably should have been an engineer and like got like a fun kind of creative job and then just done like art um shows like whenever you know or i could retire early like you know there's things that i think about it that would have been better but no i unfortunately was drafting a narrative that has put me in a place and as an adult you have to think about like what's what's accurate what's not and are you just being an are you just being an asshole it's like at the end of the day like sometimes you have to ask yourself that like yeah am i just being an asshole do i have any 
right to do this? Like, why, why do I have this judgment? What are the examples that I see? Are the examples personal? Are they people that I know? I mean, or is it just some, some rhetoric or, or some commentary like there's a, there's from a, someone or in the news? There's a handful of people I know that directly prevented, um, like, for instance, when, when the town I grew up in, um, sorry, am I, am I, am I preventing you from finishing your thought? No, 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 no. Okay. I didn't have too um, much on that. I, um, you just, you sparked something very interesting. When I was a kid, my, my mother was a librarian. She still very much is, but she has like, a she has what I like to call a, the the bookshelves for for mis for misfit books because she like still tries to save and take care of books. Um, <laughs> she she ran the library and the town got this this massive opportunity right where it could have it could have had this beautiful beautiful library because this this building was donated to the town. And my mom was like, yes, we got to do this. And she started to like do similar to what you're doing with the quarry thing where she started to actually like campaign and like make, try to get the town to, to actually, actually accept this building instead of selling it. And um, the town is, was notoriously bad with money. So just being gifted a building instead of having to buy one was seemed so much better in my mom's mind. So she started this huge movement to try to get this library to become the actual, to, to try to get this building to become the town's library. And the town instead, because of some very choice votes from very prominent rich people in town, chose to sell the building and then instead do a fundraiser for the library. This was this was around like 2005. We're yeah. now in 2023 and that there's a sign on a piece of land still saying we're still saving money for this library. And one of the people who voted to have this building sold now owns that building and is running their business out of it. And and I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like it's really hard, hard to not get pissed. Yeah, it's like right? it's like you're you're like you could have had something for everyone, and instead you chose to get, have something for yourself. When you like, he had so much money already. It's like just buy a piece of land and build a new a new building. And then I'll write. Start. I'm already starting to write my poor man's narrative. It's like, mm -hmm. well, who uses arcades? Uh, arcades, libraries. Yeah, who even uses it? libraries? So the town of oh, Bethlehem, New Hampshire. Here's for, I have I have a rebuttal for this. People. They're they're just for poor people, or maybe they're they're oh yeah i see the poor man's rhetoric i get what i get what you're saying now you see what i'm saying it's like oh it's just poor people that don't have internet and yeah. you know or you know and people that like get free movies they don't even the, care about the books and so the town of bethlehem actually built a brand new library um around this time actually um maybe you're actually closer to like 2010 2014 or so they built a brand new library and they they saw the trends when they were designing and building this library. So what they did was they, it has massive windows and there's actually only a handful of bookshelves, but it has a bank of 20 computers and it's open to the public, right? Yeah. So it's like the, inf the information that's on the internet is now available to anyone at this library. 
And I'm like, nice. that's that's the future of libraries, right? That's I like, yeah, it's preserve the books, use it as a way to preserve important texts and documents, but also have a giant uh, a way to access the information that is available on the internet. And they they did this, and it's amazing. Uh, I love that they did that. And honestly, that's what I was picturing when the town said they were just going to build one instead. I was like, oh, cool, they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna build something modern that we can finally use and something useful and it's it just still hasn't been built like because the, the town's so bad with money that they just never they, they they've never been able to save up the money <laughs> put those big big windows in you, you, you when you take out that dewey decimal system you got yourself lots of room there bud yeah you got lots of uh <laughs> you need light you need people need to think you need that's why the library of alexandria had giant vaulted windows it looked more like a church you value uh side note the collection of books in your own life now or do you think that i do i need, i need have it? i have a collection of books that i feel is information that if should the internet suddenly die for whatever reason yeah. i have i have several encyclopedias i have um survival manuals i have maps <laughs> i have atlases i have many atlases just because like you never know I have there's all this stuff that I feel like should the internet go disappear I have it, I yeah. have the information that I might need um should society go away <laughs> Yeah I guess some I, I I'm in the same boat I got some like alien versus predator books in case the end of the world <laughs> <That's>, comes <laughs> Among got, books got, we got, must preserve <laughs> I got the, the movie adaptation of the of the of the uh, fifth element you could read Do you remember UHF yeah, I just got a, a nostalgia hit. And speaking of that movie of uh, Conan, Conan the Librarian. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? And he just like chops a guy in half. That's <laughs> like so funny, so goddamn funny. But again, I right there. watching it, I don't know if it would actually make me laugh. As it would just be more of a like, oh yeah, this was this was so funny. I'm gonna put this on. It'd be good background noise. Well, when you repeat watch something, I feel like it becomes, it's not even about being surprised and having the joke surprise you into laughter. It's knowing that it's coming. I think that is a big one, yeah. It's the anticipation. Like, I don't even know. I used to watch Shrek so many times back in the day. Oh, God, you watch, you rewatched it many times? I used to put, like, so, so I'm so old that, that there's a lot of normal things that you folks probably take for granted. Like I didn't have a Netflix or a YouTube that I just throw on and pass out to if I couldn't sleep. I had to watch a movie, mm -hmm. put a tape, and then the tape would get to the end and it would stop and rewind and get really loud and wake me up normally. You know, it'd be quiet and I'd maybe hit play again. Why well, circulate yeah. a handful of cassette tape vhs cassette tapes when i first started and my pass out movies mm -hmm. were a french film called fantastic planet a 70s psychedelic film nice the movie tank girl oh tank girl was good too yeah and the movie uh the the last unicorn which was the animated film that's one i have yet to see but i keep everyone tells me i should see it and i haven't seen it yet so speaking of nostalgia i mean like well that movie was my super jam nostalgically um but i 
uh, yeah, I used to put them on. They used to make me feel comfortable. Oh, used that's to a good one. Yeah. I, I lived alone at the time. I'd put them on. I'd crash out on the couch. And um, sometimes I'd wake so, up in the middle of it, and it would feel like a weird, surreal thing, or I'd feel like there's maybe something surprising happening, you know, because when you're living alone, it, you know, so it'd make you, it'd, so. it'd make you feel safe. What, what, um, I just have an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel yeah. it's interesting. You, you tell me if this is interesting because, <laughs> like, I, I speak for I myself too much. This is interesting. Oh, this is, you know, it's like, like yeah, such but, a <laughs> you the, tell me if this is interesting because like um what so you say that it made you feel safe and that's part of why we seek it as a nostalgia yeah. um what makes you feel safe in in life you know what is a big like what makes you feel safe when you're on your journey very little that's my first answer very 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 little, very little. okay i do not, i do not feel safe very often i'm in a always heightened sense of fight or flight and um i feel the most safe if when i'm surrounded by complete carnage and chaos and that sounds like the beginning of a you know a story of the joker or something but no it's true like when I've said it before when the pandemic happened, I felt more calm in the chaos and I did a lot of good things. When the chaos subsided was when I really struggled. Yeah, I um, I had to go back to work. I was like, oh God, oh God, I'm going back to work. And then I kind of destroyed some of my life um, on my own accord. And then it was even worse. So then there was this destruction, this idea of hitting a bottom, having a new direction understanding like all right i'm in chaos so i live a pattern of um you know i don't ever want things to get too good for me so i will instinctually try to destroy my own life oh so you think so for you feeling safe is having nothing to lose yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm gaining from what you're saying that's pretty insightful like i don't think i've ever thought of that so tempest just coming in here, reminding me of the Dewey Decimal System. Um, and then we touched on, like, what makes you what makes you feel safe? What? And it, nothing, you say? Nothing. And then we discern yeah, that it's have, having having nothing to lose. Wow. So, that, so yeah, that's, so it's an extreme answer, like, uh, you know, to, to say generally nothing. Um, yeah, I think, I think... I think I never realized that, dude. So, I think I, I think having I think that's why I'm trying to become less. That's why I'm trying to push the whole consumerism thing down, because I think I inherently was I was tricked into wanting more, but naturally I probably feel more comfortable with less. And I think I've defied oh, and maybe that's why I want to go back to the arcade. It's very true for it's very true for because me as well. The more success I, I find, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have shit. Yep. Oh, oh my god. Yep. We're gonna burn the house down today, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna burn my house down. See, for me, no, it's, it's I, I realize it's true. Like, I, that's gonna help me today. On, I wanted to do some cleaning this afternoon, and I, I say, um, reassess your shit every year. This is this is my advice, and this goes back to what you said, burning that's monkey. Your, How uh, is one? Uh, get over the need for a nostalgia fix. 
Well, it's just it's appreciating the nostalgia fix you have mm-hmm. and and minimizing it and in doing so heightening the trueness like we were just discovering here. I'm finding that maybe my safety is in a space that doesn't have a lot to look out for because I'm always worried about things and I'm always worried about this and that. So if I were if I was always worried about things breaking, why would I put myself in a room full of spinning plates and champagne glasses stacked on top of each other? Man, some people's lives really are a room full of spinning plates. That's a great analogy. That's gorgeous. <laughs> That's actually a gorgeous analogy for many people's lives. And some of them don't even realize it that in a moment they could lose it all. Mm-hmm. But that, but we shouldn't damn them for that. I think that's part of where we're going with this too. Um, that, yeah, like why, why would we? You're right. Why would we put our put put our fill our room with spinning plates? Well, yeah. Somebody probably told us that's how you live. Make yourself small. Stay quiet. Calm, calm the fuck down, kid. Remember, that's that yeah. was that was what we were taught. <laughs> I'm the fuck down, kid. Hey, shh. Quiet. Go in your room. Go in your room. That was it. That was that was the line. I know you're watching yourself. Make sure you hide. Yeah, that's. Every man comes hide. But but the but the pizza. He might he might have the pizza. No, it wasn't like it would. I would be home alone. I, my parents sending me fucking midday pizza deliveries. What do you think? I got awesome parents. Like, <laughs> hey, CP. I know you're home alone playing video games, but we sent the pizza dude. Fucking, we love you. My God. It's <laughs> so sad. CP, are you getting sad? Are you making yourself sad? I didn't say any of that. No, no. No, but it's like that idea of like, uh, they would be like a, po- like a UPS, you know? And back then it would come like once every three months instead of three times every day. Yeah. <laughs> You remember those days? I I don't actually, <laughs> because well, because I I I was so rural where we grew up that we never had delivery. There was no delivery anything. It was always it was takeout, but it was still it was still just as exciting as getting delivery. <laughs> Tempest oh, we, says, we... "Hey, hey, little boy!" <laughs> Someone in the van says, "Hey, little boy, want some want some people I'd ask to show you proof?" Then go, oh. <laughs> want some and then oh my goodness yeah want some people okay so want some pizza he says he says want some pizza i'd oh you'd you'd ask you'd ask for show proof and then go in i'd say you need a couple commas and some the the quotes on the on the on the on the uh the thing not not to say not to say you're doing it wrong but you're doing it wrong for space viking because that really fucks me up and i take medication for my adhd i'm like oh no where do i start in this sentence i just want to look at little boy and then that makes me feel uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) oh god that's a hard sentence with adhd to fucking read Mm. if someone in a van says hey little boy (laughs) want some people I just asked to show the proof and then go in. Ha, 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 JK, like it's. Ooh, that's what, that's that's as good as I can read that. And sentence. then Temp- Tempest, we're not making fun of your your typo. It's just like we're making a comment on like, yeah, that is that is difficult to read initially, before your correction of pizza. 
<laughs> so Matt, Matt and I have a non, uh, we don't have neurotypical brains nope. and uh, <laughs> uh, sentences and lists and things like that are tricky. And <laughs> yeah, so, and even if it was broken and I, I try to do that too, I break my sentences into two. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, so, it looked like the it looked like the Da Vinci Code, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm just like, what? And then I, to hear you try to read it, I was like, oh, this is rough, dude. I can feel your pain, so, bro. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I love that. So much of our of our journey is in our childhood, right? So much. So oh, much you're, of our yeah so so much of our journey is in our childhood to that our adulthood almost doesn't feel like as significant like we'll every time starts to feel like it goes faster that's just a a a fact of our uh our biology but i think because of that we feel like a two-thirds i feel like two-thirds of our life actually is over once our childhood is over when it comes to experience and what we remember and what we care about and how we operate and how we behave. Two thirds of our experience is in our childhood. It becomes the programming and the, the structure, the template of you. And then you just use that as the rules a lot. Like the exactly. rules, they, they are set up leading up to adulthood and then they just kind of stay and maybe they change a little bit here and there, but yeah, introspecting introspection and self-regulation and change throughout your adulthood seems yeah a lot more insignificant but then i don't know dude are we biased are we wrong because like you take you take our age right we haven't lived the the rest of our life we have no that's true 20s and 30s there was like developmental stages um for that I think you, yeah, I think you're very right. There's, there may be some, some developmental like memories. I have talked to elderly people and they, they do often talk about their twenties and thirties. Oh, the way we might be talking about our, our tens and our tens and then our pretens. Yeah. Cause you're like, where you were, you sitting in the early mid thirties. You're like, I am in mid thirties. Yes. Okay, I'll be 35 so... in July. Okay, so we're so that being said, the fact that I'm older, um, you probably don't see your 30s as 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 completed as I do. So I could tell you what my 30s was. I actually have a lot of pressure on myself right now to make something of my 30s. It's common, so yeah, I can tell you that's that's hard. It's hard to turn 30 for a lot of people. It seems like a big number in the adult world. It's a small, fucking, really small number in the scope of things. I kind of love, I um, loved turning 30, honestly. And then uh, 40 small in the scope of things. But eventually you realize that, you know, time's running out and their desperation is hard. And, And we have a values instilled in us, too, of competition and success. It's a very american thing whether we deny it and and maybe see money as more the root of evil and don't want to do something that's more um common in our value system corresponding to the country that we live but it's it's still in us and you know you all of a sudden you realize like well i've 
been out of school and oh now i'm into aren't i into my life now this is this yeah. is it and and uh that that drive and sometimes desperation just starts to take over and you're like i need to now or never dude but yeah and then you sometimes you feel like you maybe wasted years too like oh i wasted but what i found this is my experience whatever you want to do figure it out like um just figure it out if you want to make a series of books like like I want to do right because the my life has led up to it where this would be the most value and intentional point in my life hold on my water pump's coming on so it's like super loud you probably can't hear it but um, it's like I'm in a rocket ship right now because I'm on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of hear it, but um, it's literally like sitting in my lap. A hot water, like a water pump is just coffee and contemplation featuring water pump. Hey, water pump, what do you think of our journey on the, in this life and what it means for a greater purpose? Did you just ask? Wait, well, no, on. I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm including the water pump in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that it that it makes sense like hey well now we're welcoming water pump oh, sounds like a rapper name tempest says <laughs> sounds like a rapper name yo water pump what's your what what's your 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 input on this fucking water pump I yeah like i i need oh, i, I need the machine i need the machine spirit i know because discord cuts it out Discord does cut it out. Like you can't, we can't actually hear it. I just thought it was a funny. I thought it. Was, I thought it's a pretty funny idea to have. Like if there's a sound in the background, just just include it in your stream. Include it in your in your podcast. Whatever you're doing audio wise. If there's a weird yeah, noise, absolutely. just just make just roll with it. Make it part of your make it part of your thing. One of the best freestyles that I ever did, second to uh, do the pizza. This might even have been better. Um, it, it started in my studio and the water pump came on in the background and you could clearly hear that on a studio mic. Like, so it's, and then I just start, I don't even care if the pump's running in the background. That was how I started the song. Yeah. I started just hot. And then, <laughs> and then it just, it was like the, the most amazing moment ever, but that water pump, that water pump was my flavor flav. That's that awesome. water pump came in with a giant clock on and was like, <laughs> I mean, I can't even think of flavor flavor right now. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he sounded. That's kind of yeah. That's but good. He was hype. That water pump was hyping me up. So yeah, water pump, the new rapper on the block. Get water pumps album. I'll be doing a collaboration with water pump on the Dreamers Arcade <laughs> album coming in twenty twenty six. Yeah, we're gonna. Just gonna tear it up. Just gonna tear it up with water pump. Yeah, water water pump. That 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 um that album with water pump is going to hit the top of the charts. It's actually uh it's it's a jet pump, and it's it 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 goes by the name of J plus on it. Oh my god, jet jet pump is even better. (laughs) It is. So it's like so it's like representing Gould's gang. G G G G G G G Gould's gang. J pump. Jet pump in the house. Water pump. 
Yeah, you can just throw out that, all those intros. <laughs> yeah. Good. So the Golds, yeah, the, the Golds crew, and the J, he's J Plus, Jet Pump. Hey, J plus. plus Jet Pump. That's cool. I love it. J I love plus, it. Man. It even has a logo. It has a J with a plus, and then the P, and the plus goes into the P. Oh, my God. Send me a picture of that. Awesome. Sorry, awesome. Do it. <laughs> we got it. We got it. And to think, send, people send have me, these things in their walls send, and in their me, basements. Send me a picture of the actual pump. I, I have plans. Uh-huh. <laughs> send me a picture of the actual pump, too. Oh, yeah, I'll get you, I'll get you yeah. a good picture of it. And, and I, need, I, I just need the logo and the pump itself, and I got, I got something funny <laughs> planned. Hold on. Oh, my God, so good. I don't know where my phone is. I can't even take a picture. Well, well damn, where's... The episode came in with a phone, put it down. I didn't read it because I was in the middle of something. And then <laughs> uh, my phone ended up leaving. So I think she like did these... like a, like a uh, Ocean's... I don't have your phone. These Gen Xers, man, losing their phones, I swear. <laughs> your phone? What the hell my phone? What the hell my phone? <laughs> no, I don't. We'll save that for later. That's That's controversial stuff. I don't need to get my head around that. What, what's okay, controversial? No, I know better. My my ADHD. I don't need to start talking about quarry shit. Oh, the quarry um, shit. Yeah, like that's a whole different. That's 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 for the environment podcast. Yeah, we can we can uh, do a um. I actually do need to wrap up the stream, so I'm gonna. What I want to do for um for a coffee and contemplation for this this segment is this is this is what we're calling as freestyle. Like what what's on your mind? Chat, chime in. What's what's on your mind? Anything. Burning Monkey says, I know that uh, a while back I bought two Funko Pops due to nostalgia. Do you have something you obtained? Uh, oh my God, nostalgia? do I? Jeez. Only I got to I gotta show you guys this thing. I actually, this was a regret. I regret buying this because I, excited he got. Excited I had this he got thing. That. I did, th- yes, this is it. It, I feel safe. Now I feel safe to express because you, you asked me. That's, it's huge. This is a huge psychological thing we're gonna switch we're gonna switch to our chat here our chat page all right can't wait to see this i've 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 had the pleasure of uh being in this environment before the the space vikings lair he's got some really cool stuff space viking lair (laughs) not overly burdened with stuff which is nice to see and there's some natural elements so this i bought at a comic shop recently. Oh, that's cool. See, that's cool. This is a DeLorean Transformer called Gigawatt that I was oh, huge. I was huge into Transformers. Yeah, let's take a closer look here. Let me uh, refocus my mic so you guys can actually see it. There we go. Oh, I Refo- can actually open the box. No, I'm not. I This is something that I actually will not open the box because it was produced. <laughs> it was produced recently. I was like, oh, they actually produced something recently that's a collector's item? That's weird. And it looks like it's from the 80s. Like, they did a good job making it look and feel like it's a box from the 80s. See, I'm well I'm well within the age range. It's an 8+. Plus. <laughs> I would call bullshit on that box because uh, that box cardboard is way too thin for an 80s box. That's true. They, they kind of overdid it. That but this... Had chemicals in it. This is something I did buy just because... Oh, I, it's... It's. I literally said out loud. That's my two favorite things. Oh, so hybriding. Oh, 
Yeah, that's like that's both of that's both of my favorite things. And you must have it. Yeah, and it it actually took me three visits to this shop to buy it. I was like, if if it's there, I'll get it next time. And then right, and then I got I got there the the second time, and I'm like, oh, it's still there. And I, and I was trying to catch myself. I'm like, it's just nostalgia shit. You don't you don't actually want it. You just you just you're just going back to the, your safe place. You don't actually want this thing. Mm -hmm. And the third the third time I went there, I was literally in a very vulnerable place mentally, right? <laughs> who will blame me? No, I, I do a coffee and contemplation stream in the morning. Um, who will blame me asked, are you still streaming? It hasn't been more than 12 hours. I do a Thursday night stream as well. And uh, I just I I'll wake up in the I'll, morning. I'll blame you. I'll blame you. So. What actually if, happened if, was if that the Viking hasn't blamed you. I, I will blame you if you want to ask. So if you want, yes. Um, How you doing? CP in the house. CP, you, you're gonna love this. Okay. You're gonna love this fact, right? So the third time I went to this shop and I saw this still there. Oh. So I I was not. Challenge. I was in a vulnerable place mentally, right? So this is okay. this is the kicker. I I was not in a good place, and my brain literally went. These things made you feel good when you were a kid. Why, why don't you just allow yourself to feel good when you're an adult, right? And I think we, we're now we're touching on the healthy kind of nostalgia. Yeah. Like you're, you're not wishing for another time. You're just remembering the better time. You're not trying to create a new reality out of your past. Or the better feeling. Or the better feeling. You're just knowing, hey, this item is really cool. And it reminds me of that better time and that that's a good feeling and it's okay to reminisce. Exactly. And if that is the object that is on your shelf, especially if it's not surrounded by piles of other transformers and back to the future stuff. Yeah. Just think of how much that can resonate that one thing. And when it stops, so, this oh, is the thing that we're talking about, guys. This is the item that's that I bought. Move it. Hmm? I'm just reminding chat that this is the item in question that we're talking about. And he finds it important to keep it in the box. The box is part of the artifact. It's part of the experience. Oh, artifact. That's That word touches on the healthy, healthy nostalgia. I think artifacts is a great word to use for that. There's a book, um, The Art of Atari. Artifacts. And, um, if, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but there's a foreword with um, the guy. What's his name? Who wrote Ready Player One? We were talking about earlier. He taught. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he, the author of Ready Player One, he he uh, he talked about what it was like growing up in arcades. What it Ernest was like Klein. having, yes, what it was like having uh, video game manuals and stuff. So the simplicity of the game was informed by the artifact that was the arcade cabinet, the box for the game, the poster, mm -hmm. or the manual. The drawings, oh, the manuals. Yeah, the drawings and the story that were written added to the limitations of technology. And those two things with movement of a square that represented a drawing of something on an artifact, those two things became inseparable 
in the digital world and the physical world communicated evenly at that point. Yeah, like almost seamlessly. Opinion. Yeah, the physical world. So that's like, that's where I jumped off and then you start to see separations of those two forms. But that's when I started thinking about video game collecting and we're talking about things that make you feel good. I've slowly been paring down and paring down and paring down um, into I figure out the true essence of what an object is like what it would there be one object that I could put on my tombstone to say this was me and it encompasses everything like how special would that object be and um, what is the what is the object that's a great question what is the object and I I first came online when I think I moved um and when I moved at five years old I remember like it probably was the change and and it might have been stressful or or made me scared so I clearly remember moving into the house with my parents and I had a dream before I left that everything was gone everything was empty and there was one one he-man trap jaw action figure <laughs> nice. I don't even think he had his armor on but that was the one thing that I left and I said what if it did come down to it what if you left a memento and you moved or what if you left a memento and you moved on like what's the most important things to you and so I always held things very sacred and I kept everything but then I realized keeping everything just makes everything the same like, what's really special like and I keep boiling it down and boiling it down. And I realized a couple of different things in doing that. The collection yeah. of video games, like you said, you can't ever go back there. As an adult, the one thing that I can do that's cool is now I actually have the patience to finish video games. So what's unique now and what would be the intention? So now as an adult, if I play video games, I'll actually finish them. And I have more to say about them. I can talk about my experience. I can stream it. There becomes a benefit and a reason to do it. Yeah. Other than why I played before to develop my imagination. I mean, that's important. So if I was developing my imagination, that's something that's valuable to me. And that's something I want to do with the Dreamers Arcade. So gaming still can assist in that. It still does have so a function. That's what you bought recently was the He-Man? Oh, yeah, that He-Man figure. So it's funny. Yeah, I actually bought a trap jaw. That's what's funny about it. Okay. Um, you know, That's that like, I was just making sure we answered um, Burning Monkey's question. What you've been streaming for hours? Oh no! Oh yeah! The, so the, so yeah, with 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 that with that question, you have something nostalgic. Yeah, all all this stuff. But I found that some of it had purpose, some of it didn't. And then what I was doing, I was I was building this arcade at home. I don't play these machines in the background. You guys can't see them, but I have machines in the background. I don't play them a lot, but I do keep them on sometimes. And I come in here at night and I just sit in here and I look at it because it's the space. It's not about the game and shit. I didn't play the games probably when I was a kid. I probably just walked into the space and, uh, you know, maybe bugged my mom for a quarter, but I looked at stuff a lot. It was about the observation and, the game needed other components. So collecting manuals and collecting 
things like arcade one-ups or building my own arcade cabinets, it, it, it was a missing component. I figured out the missing components, what I was looking for. So I'm looking at how art fuels the imagination on very simple and simple shapes. So that excited me as a kid, and that excites me as an adult. Of course it can, because I'm an artist, and I can explore that and play in a way, but I have to put the physical machines beside me. Once I do it and get the experience out of it, I technically could just give these things away to, like, some youth center or something. Like, there's no reason you that could. I have to keep oh, you, stuff. A youth center? Yeah. Excuse me. You have, um, to, you have to think about, like, what, what the point is and what I'm really trying to get out of it by rebuilding it. Yeah. Because it isn't going to be the environment. It won't ever be the physical environment. It's going to be the, it's going to be that mental space that we're trying to get into. So nostalgia is good. If so, it can bring you to a space where you can build yourself internally more, but sometimes if it's just about the stuff, you might just be standing there looking at something and be like, fuck do I even have this for? What, what am I? Or, or even worse, this this takes up room. Who even am I? In a way, I never use it. It costs me money. I, I don't need it. I don't even like it. It reminds me of this person I don't like now. Yep. I've been Every there. day, it's just pissing me off. <laughs> so it becomes a detriment. Every day. Yeah, that's the negative Every, every day. So, I, my grandmother, my grandparents weren't super awesome. My grandparents, um, they gave, they, they didn't give me much, but I got some things off them early in life. And I was down to, I think, one thing in my house mm -hmm. that was from being a kid and my grandparents. And it was this old gnome. Like, not the gnomes of today, but, like, you know, those old 80s-looking gnomes. An old gnome? Yeah. And uh, I just looked at it a lot, and I had it, I've had it for 30 years or something. And I, um, it just made me upset because I didn't want to think about those people anymore because they were, they were negatively impacting my thoughts. I had different views, and I felt like I had to keep it, or it was, like, some honor or something, or it was caught up in some old traditional belief. But, I don't know, a month ago I threw it in the trash. just fucking gone. There you go. And now I think about it that it's still there and it's still, it's still an imprint. It's still floating. It's still on that fucking shelf. But someday it won't be. And I can get over and not have to think about how horrible my grandparents were to me and my father and all their kids every time I look at this stupid gnome as I walk out the door. Because I didn't know I was doing that to myself. I just thought I, I should keep this old gnome because I've had it forever. But it just makes me feel like shit every time I look at it. There you go. You don't, don't think about that stuff Even, sometimes. Yeah, you don't, I'm guessing you just never you just never thought about what you like you were just feeling like shit and you didn't realize that was what, what it was. Yeah. You're keeping things that um old relationships. I mean, maybe they were fine. Maybe that's good. Maybe Maybe the the mementos are fine, but I was like oh, trying shit. to uh, with with old relationships. I I'm a big proponent of burn it all. New uh, new, new new life. Even if the person was decent to you, you know, maybe maybe you didn't end on bad terms, right? Still, yeah. Burn it all. New future. 
The future is yours. Re nice reclaim it. What if they were still your friend and they gave you a nice, uh, like a little necklace? You don't have to wear well, it every I'd, day. I'd, but... I'd, tell them, I'd tell them straight up, I burnt that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> This guy's hardcore. <laughs> Don't you ever do it. Wrong, man. I'd be like, I, I burnt will, that he thing. Will, he will our, ghost that whole relationship our, with a flame. Well, in all honesty, I would say, like, if say, say I did actually burn a thing that they gave me, and it was, it was actually a nice thing, right? I would, I would just have to explain to them that that thing reminded me of a time when I was in great pain, and I didn't want to feel that ever again. Fair enough. Yeah. That's a hard uh, concept. Like for people to to associate objects with their inner pain. That's wild, but it's taken it's 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 very taken for granted, I think. You just keep things and you have them around. And they also I think don't necessarily help you progress into the future too. That's now we're talking. We're getting right back into the negative nostalgia. The idea of the parts in our journey that maybe were not of value, that the, the getting mm -hmm. through it and the destination maybe were was more important. Or you buy a bunch of stuff for a project, with the idea and concept of the project, and then you don't do the project, and the stuff sits around. You're like, "Well, I bought it." And then at one point, you have to just say, "I'm never gonna fucking do this project." ever and yeah. i'm gonna have to either give away or throw this stuff away and accept that i didn't do it i should have did it then i had the excitement but that's that's long since worn off to expect myself to return to that and to feel that same energy that's false so why am i hanging on with it it's just kind making a, me feel like isn't that another adhd thing it. Huh? Heard, I've heard that was a, that's an ADHD thing. ADHD starting starting projects and not finishing very symptomatic. You know what, what's interesting is when you add the guilt to that. I have these uh, I have these model ships <laughs> that I haven't built yet. They were gifted to me, and I really want to build them. And I, I was I had a, I have a great interest in model building, but they were also gifted to me. So now I have the guilt and the like. You still haven't done that thing. <laughs> That you like doing that you that you supposedly like doing <laughs> oh yeah i have that too the guilt of like not properly using someone's gift mm -hmm. i'm glad people don't give me like things to do anymore <clears throat> because yeah then, then there's an obligation on top of it right yeah if you want some more models i have a a dozen star wars models up in my i see <laughs> so you you have had you do know the feeling then yeah i bought them for my retirement well like that's i my i have like this like almost hissed at you you know for suggesting giving me giving me more models that's how intense the I feeling know. is um they're wrapped in a trash so... bag just in my parents attic and so I'm... Hopefully, I forget about them. Yeah. So upon yeah, it's tough. it's tough. I did I did so much of that origami sets, dude. All that stuff. All that. Oh, this looks fun. This looks cool. I wasted a lot of money, and that was a lot of my twenties. Realizing like 
dude, you're super inspired and you're really excited to do anything and everything. And you would if you could, but you don't have that kind of time. And you also have a hard time starting things. You have a hard time finishing things. And a lot of that has to do with, I'm scared to start something because I might fuck it up. I'm scared to finish this because I might fuck it up. So being in the middle, in the process, in the journey is the time of serenity. That's when I feel the best. When it's safest. Yeah. I think that's also part of the safeness when I'm actively in the middle of something before and after is very hard. I, I always say struggles that I've gone through or part the post-traumatic stress of the past and the anxiety of the future, creating a bookend and just squeezing reality, squeezing, just like squeeze, squeeze some reality out of it. Fresh squeezed reality here, and, um, and <laughs> local, so locally grown, <laughs> locally grown, <laughs> fresh squeezed reality. <laughs> That'd be a good T-shirt. Rich with vitamin um, spicy. With vitamin spicy. All right, so we that is that big. is time. We have got that's to it, man. wrap it up here. That's a great thing to end on too. So you. You gotta like I find tried. you gotta squeeze. You tried. <laughs> you gotta squeeze all the reality you can out of your existence before before your journeys end, because you don't want to be on your deathbed looking back at everything and going like, "Wow, all I ever cared about was my goals, and I never truly lived. I never truly experienced my life. I just kept waiting for the next thing, the next achievement, the next goal to be." achieved i never actually enjoyed the process i'll be so much happier when when this is over with or this project's over with yeah. when i can just finish up when i can just mm -hmm. get past the holidays i'll be so happy when my life just keeps moving and keeps moving forward and i get to the end of it and i'm dead yep that's what you're saying when 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 this happens then i'll be happy yeah 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 then i'll, I'll finally I'll be, be happy. much better off in the mm -hmm. meantime i'm gonna wait I don't need to do anything because that's just going to come like miraculously into my hands. Yep. It's just going to show cautionary up. Cautionary tale. Don't buy too much shit. Figure out different ways to cultivate nostalgia as well. Space Viking and I, we draw nostalgic things sometimes and then we sell them as a product and we are part of the same system. Like our dig dug. You don't have to necessarily be the buyer all the time. You can be the provider. Yeah. You can make a product that's uh you know, that's more of an experience. Like buddy there, you know, Space Viking, he's got an ongoing story. The you know, he's putting out graphic novels and that's a goal that I'd like to have. But do something that cultivates those feelings and and not only gives someone some someone something that they can buy and share with you, but something mm -hmm. that they can move forward with too is great. And it doesn't take up a lot of room. Oh yeah. That's that's where like I think that's another form of healthy nostalgia, something that's brand new, but it relates to or refers to the uh the the, the thing that reminds you. 
Exactly. And like we were saying about the Ready Player One movie in the beginning, and like I'm not necessarily opposed to nostalgic nostalgia, but when you become heavily reliant on just the nostalgia selling the product and not using the nostalgia as just like um whatever a theme and then having a true new story. As long as we're creating new stories and new experience, which I said at the beginning of the podcast was impossible. So I'm a hypocrite. But that's also you know, human begins with H. So, hey. I mean, I've had a couple of hypocritical moments here as well where it's, I do I do fall into nostalgia pretty often, actually. Um, but I, because of this new view I have on it, it, I have a pang of guilt every time I do fall into it. <laughs> and you know? you're also growing. You're a growing boy, Matt. No, so... <laughs> So you're 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 gonna change and your priorities are definitely gonna shift, okay. especially <laughs> I'm a real as, boy. As, as time tightens <laughs> up and stuff, it's like, like am I gonna do I wanna keep buying these things or, or am I gonna do my own version of it? You know, am I inspired yep. to move move past this and, and what what has this all been? What is the intention of this? What is what is it creating in me and what can I now what um, even contribute? What even is life? <laughs> yeah, and there's there's a lot of hypocrisy uh, with the with this conversation, but there would be because we are fighting this, but we are also conditioned for this. this fighting might, the good fight. This might not be what was the best thing for the humans at this point. You know, uh, things are changing, and what was doesn't apply. So everything is everything has changed, and um, we we have to understand that we had a view of how to live, what to do, how to buy, how to define, thrust upon us throughout the '80s and '90s, and it's still ongoing now. But it's impactful. It's like how do I, man? How do I how do I be my own self and not? want all this stuff when i've been made to want it my mythology my he-man was just a ploy to sell me more my and mythology was a ploy to sell me more mythology <laughs> exactly and so you know we all we're part of a dilemma it's just what i'm saying yes yeah. we are we are people we have our own feelings in our own way we we're reacting to stuff that has been pre-existing for a long time, but it's also something that's been thrust upon us as a society, and we're becoming more and more part of a world that's less physical. We're gonna have to deal with that shift in feelings. Uh, that's why people get get up in arms with new technology all the time. Questions that's their humanity, their self-worth, and their existence. Yeah, yeah heavily so guys this has been coffee and contemplation thank you so much for joining us um this was a lot of fun and yeah thanks for hanging out guys like we had a good crew in here today thanks for chatting and asking questions uh hope i uh, gave you some loose weird cryptic answers that you can well, maybe mill around in your right. head and maybe this come back next week and be like hey guys uh I don't know. What was that all about? So feel free. Like, why'd you, why'd you mess with my whole 
<laughs> my entire worldview. Like, if if we fuck you up, just tell tell us that too. Like, we'll, we'll apologize at least. Yeah, um, and like this because like is this conceptual base. So there's there's a there's uh, very there's less right and wrong answers here. So that's why we talk a lot of shit. There's a channel redemption called Existence Check, and this is like Coffee and Contemplation is an extended Existence Check, essentially. We're like, hey, um, this is a part of existence. What do you think is basically what what this is? 